Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, now California's at it. They're trying to find ways to disqualify Donald Trump from their ballot as well after Colorado really steps into it with their unconstitutional decision uh, to try Trump for insurrection and conclude this all on their own. The state of Colorado. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. You know, after the show concluded yesterday, I, I filled in for Mark Levin, and uh, it was great because the breaking news happened within my opening monologue on Levin's show. But I'll tell you, it's uh, it, it's been a day today just looking at reactions from things. I think my probably my favorite reaction so far from the left is the New York Times' Mara Gay, who said, if anyone criticizes Colorado banning Trump from the ballot, why are you standing with Confederates? Why are you standing with Confederates who betrayed this country? And this is what they are standing with is the spirit of those Confederates rather than the Americans who came together after a long and brutal civil war that was fought to keep the Union together and clearly saw a threat in ex-Confederates running for office so much so that they amended the Constitution to prevent those traitors from running for office. That should send a message that our election system, our electoral system, can be used for nefarious purposes against the democracy itself. It's clear as day. And Rachel Maddow going on about how if you want to save democracy, you have to ban certain people from being able to run in a democracy. But let's break down exactly what happened yesterday, shall we? The Colorado Supreme Court decided that even though Donald Trump has not been charged with any federal offenses related to an insurrection or a rebellion or giving aid and comfort to those who have, they decided he's guilty of all those things. And then they went on to say that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution includes presidents, even though the word is not there. Those are the two things the Colorado Supreme Court did yesterday. How did they come to this conclusion that Donald Trump is guilty of these things, considering that Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, hasn't even charged Trump with any of these things, let alone Trump being found guilty for any of these things? How did they conclude that? Well, they said it's self-evident, basically, which is also what Joe Biden said today. Self-evident. You just have to look at it. Come on. We all watched the January 6th committee hearings. We know he's guilty. Come on. You know he's guilty. I know he's guilty. Who cares about due process? Who cares about the rule of law? Who cares about a trial? 
Who cares about charges? Come on, he's guilty. You know it, I know it. That's basically their reasoning. They relied on a district court in Colorado who had a five-day, quote-unquote, trial where they found Donald Trump guilty of all these things. And then the judge in the case said, well, even though he's guilty of an insurrection and he should not be eligible to serve, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, doesn't bar him from serving. It does not include presidents. So the Colorado Supreme Court took that case up and they said, well, the judge is right. Trump is guilty of an insurrection, but she's wrong. He can be barred from office. We've determined that that's the way it is. Now, Colorado has no jurisdiction over federal law, as you know. No jurisdiction whatsoever. If somebody's going to be charged with the crime of an insurrection or seditious conspiracy or giving aid and comfort or any of those things, those are going to be federal charges. Now, the spirit of the 14th Amendment is very, very important as well. There are several sections in the amendment, but one of them, which is the key one here, is that no person shall be, shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process. Now, where is Donald Trump's due process here? Where's the, where is the due process afforded to him as an American as they try to deprive him of his liberty to seek the presidency? Because guess what? Anybody can run for president. The requirements are very, very slim. You got to be 35 years old, born in this country, and you got to be a citizen for however, how many years here in the United States, whatever it is. That's it. That's all you got to do. That's a requirement. You don't have to have an IQ test. You don't have to have a job. You don't have to be good looking. You don't have to be funny. You don't even have to be uh, an honest person, obviously. You don't even have to be sane. You could be senile. You could really be anybody. But that's the thing. You have the liberty as an American citizen to run for president. If a state is going to deprive you of your liberty, because liberty is a very encompassing word, then they have to do it with due process. That's also in the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. So again, I ask you, where's Donald Trump's due process? Well, we know what it means when they say no state can deprive a citizen, uh, uh, an American of of life. We know what life is. It means they can't put you to death without due process. Property, we know what property is. It's your stuff, right? Stuff you own, it's your stuff. Can't deprive you of that without due process. And your liberty. Liberty is a very encompassing word. And part of your liberty is the ability to run for public office in this country. You have the liberty to do that. You don't have to be an heir to a, to a king. You don't have to be the son of a president. Anyone can do it as long as you meet the minimum constitutional requirements. So if a state is going to deprive somebody of their liberty to run for president, where is the due process? Now, the state of Colorado has no jurisdiction over insurrections and rebellions, number one. Number two, Donald Trump has not been charged with those things. But number three, even if Donald Trump was and was convicted of those things, you still have a problem here. And that is that the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, Section 3, the Disqualification Clause, does not say the word president. It lists all these other offices, but not that one. But why is that? Why would they not list the word president? These uh, two legal scholars surmised that they didn't list the word president because they wanted it to be perfectly clear that the president was included. Huh? Wait, 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 wait. You're going to leave something off the list to make it clear that it's definitely on the list? Why not just put it on the list? Can you imagine if somebody sends you shopping and then uh, you find out that you come home and did you get steak? No, I didn't get steak. Why? It wasn't on the list. Well, obviously, 
I meant for you to get it. That's why I didn't put it on the list. It's so obvious. You go, huh? I don't. The argument of these two legal scholars from the Federalist Society, no less, basically said that, that by omitting the word president, they made it very clear that the presidency is included. How? You list senator, member of the House of Representatives, electors to the president and vice president. So electors, the people that go to the electoral college, those crazy kids. And you list officers of the United States of America, which officers are very clear. They are the people that the president appoints to help him do his job under Article 2. But president's not there. Why not? Why wouldn't you put that word down if you meant it to apply to the presidency? Now, how does all this play out? Obviously, it could go one of two ways. The Supreme Court's going to weigh in here. Will they do a very big, broad interpretation? Will they do, I mean, ruling? Or will it be much more narrow? Will it be more narrowly tailored? That's the question. On the one hand, the court could come out and say that not only did Donald Trump not have due process, he's not been charged with these things, he's not been found guilty on these things, but in addition to that, it wouldn't apply to him anyway because uh, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, doesn't include the word president. They could do all that and just knock it out and be done with it. Or the court could come back and say, since there is no conviction here, this question is moot. You can't keep him off the ballot. He has not even been accused of doing those things in a federal court, let alone found guilty of them. They could do that. In which case then, you know what's going to happen. The special counsel, Jack Smith, is going to charge him with those things at a D.C. kangaroo court is going to find him guilty of those things because they find everybody guilty in relation to January 6th. And then they'll say, aha, you see, now he is ineligible to be president. And in that case, then you got to go back to court and argue that the president is not included in the disqualification clause of the 14th Amendment. So it could play a couple different ways. I don't know what the court's going to do. Nobody, nobody does, right? Nobody ever knows. But I do think one of, the just, one of the justices in Colorado who dissented, because I read the dissents as well as the majority opinion, and this is what one of the justices said. He said, dismissal of this case is particularly appropriate here because the electors brought their challenge without a determination for proceeding, ergo a prosecution for an insurrection-related offense with more rigorous procedures to ensure adequate due process. Instead, the electors relied on Section 111-113 and its breakneck pace to declare President Trump disqualified as an insurrectionist. See, the justice's point here is that Trump never had any due process. There was no conviction for this. If you don't have a conviction, how can you possibly bar somebody? And that's really what the Supreme Court could come out and say in just a one-line thing. You can't bar somebody if they have not been convicted of the crime. And then that's it. And then Colorado has to put him on the ballot until the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, adds those charges. And, And this has always been their grand scheme. This has always been their grand play here. Remember I told you when the Proud Boys were found guilty of seditious conspiracy, a ridiculous charge, a ridiculous overcharge of the Proud Boys, but I told you why. And why the Democrats always use the word insurrection over and over and over again to describe January 6th, because their ultimate goal will be to say Trump gave aid and comfort to the Proud Boys, and therefore he's disqualified from being president. But then the question becomes, 
How did he do that? What, where's the evidence that he gave aid and comfort to these people? The Colorado Supreme Court cites his speech on the ellipse as the, as the uh, reason why January 6th happened, that he incited the crowd. But remember, political speech is protected speech. Trump didn't give any specific instructions to anybody. He didn't tell them, go smash windows, go uh, try to kill Mike Pence, go scare the senators so they reject the Electoral College results. He said, we're going to march down the Capitol peacefully. You don't have to say the word peacefully, by the way. It's not required under the Constitution, but he said it. You know, we're going to march down the Capitol peacefully and uh, we're going to fight like hell because if we don't fight like hell, we're going to have a country. We don't have a country. Now, that doesn't mean physically go fight with Capitol Police officers. It's a it's a phrase. It's a political phrase. Hyperbole, which we have a long American tradition of using hyperbolic speech. Take back our country. Give us our liberty. Transform America. But we understand that adults law-abiding citizens are still supposed to follow the law and they can't use political speech as an excuse for their actions. That's why none of the January 6th defendants were ever allowed to use the Trump made me do it defense. It wasn't even allowed in court. The government wouldn't allow them to say, I did it because of Trump. So now we have a Colorado court, we have a state court deciding on its own that Trump is guilty of a federal crime of which it has no authority over and without due process whatsoever. And then the Colorado Supreme Court interprets a constitutional amendment, even though that is not the purview of the Colorado Supreme Court. They're supposed to deal with Colorado law, not, not, not the United States Constitution. But they've decided to interpret the United States Constitution for us. They're a state Supreme Court. They're supposed to interpret the Colorado Constitution, not the United States Constitution, but they did that anyway. And they went through about how uh, it's obvious here that um, there's no there's no requirement that Congress has to do anything. It's uh, this the disqualification here is so self-evident, blah, blah, blah. And it basically then turns around and we just see here it is self-executing. The court says self-executing. What does that mean? It means that if you know he's guilty, you just get to ban him. What? You're telling me now that the Constitution of the United States of America lets this major, major thing being barring somebody from being able to hold office as a senator, a member of the House, elector or president or vice president or an officer of the United States. You're telling me that that entire thing was done but you get to decide all by yourself there's no process there's no procedure there's nothing is that what you're telling me yet that same clause of the constitution says congress can override that with a two-thirds majority in both houses meaning if somebody's a confederate because this was written after the civil war these are the post-civil war reconstruction amendments If somebody was a Confederate who had taken an oath to the United States and then joined the Confederacy, if both the House and the Senate vote by a two-thirds majority, that person then could be eligible to serve in these various capacities. But again, it never mentions the President of the United States as being one of those offices. But the bar is so high in order to reinstate somebody that one of the justices in the Colorado Supreme Court dissented and brought that out. 
He wrote, finally, only a two-thirds majority of both houses of Congress can overturn a Section 3 disqualification. This remedy is extraordinary and speaks volumes about the gravity of the disqualification. Such a high bar indicates that an expedited hearing absent any discovery procedures and with a preponderance of the evidence standard is not the appropriate means for an adjudication of this magnitude. Meaning, this is a big freaking deal. And we can't just have the Colorado Supreme Court determine all this on their own. Disqualifying somebody from office is a really big deal. So so big, in fact, that in order to override it, you need two-thirds majority in both houses of Congress. You need a supermajority. So this will go to the Supreme Court, obviously, and the Supreme Court will have one of two options. One is to just end it all right away and say, yep, Trump has not had due process. He's not been convicted of anything. And also, even if he does, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, would not apply to him anyway. So it's a moot point. If they do that, great, because then we're done with this nonsense. And then we can stop the games. If they don't do that, if they just focus on the fact that Trump has not been convicted, then what you're going to have happen is you're going to have every lefty state rush to try to ban him from the ballot. And then the next showdown will happen after Jack Smith charges him, finds him guilty in a D.C. kangaroo court, and then they try to ban him from being on the ballot. And then the Supreme Court's going to have to finally put to bed this issue of who is part of the disqualification clause of the Constitution. My hope is that they just do it all at once and just end this, end this pain and suffering now so we can get on with our, with our political life. But I'm concerned that they won't, that they'll be narrow in their interpretation. I hope I'm wrong. 855-839-1210 is the number on Twitter at Rich Zioli. There's a lot to say here. Uh, the president of the United States of America, Joe Biden, he was asked the question today, is Trump an insurrectionist? I'm going to play this for you, and I want you to pay very close attention to what President Biden says here. All right? Cut number one. Is Trump an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think certainly you're self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. No question about it. None. Zero. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Anyway, I've got to go do this. All right, so it's self-evident. Self-evident and self-executing. That's, those are the words of the day. Biden's using that phrase on purpose because what the idea is that, hey, it's so obvious he's guilty. Everybody knows OJ did it. Everybody knows Trump did it. Who cares what the court says? Who cares if there's no trial? Who cares if the trial gets it wrong? Who cares if a jury gets it wrong? Who cares if there's not even any charges? You know he did it. I know he did it. It's self-evident. See, in our country, though, we don't use self-evident as the legal standard. We use something called evidence and a conviction. We don't say something is self-evident, but this is what the Democrats do all the time. They shut down debate. They tell you what to think, and they constantly tell you what the truth is. It's self-evident, you see, that a boy can be a girl. It's self-evident, you see, that masks work. It's self-evident, you see, that vaccines stop the spread of COVID. It's self-evident that climate change is killing everybody and destroying the planet. And don't question those things, because if you do, you're going to be on the naughty list. These things are self-evident. We don't have to prove them. We just say that they are. And then they are, because we're Democrats. That's how they operate. 
I think Trump is going to fare very well in all this. I think it will resolve in his favor. And the thing about it is, once again, the Democrats are giving him a political gift because all this is going to do is help him solidify his position as the Republican nominee for president. At this point, I will tell you, I think yesterday's decision by Colorado was the end of every other political campaign in the Republican primary. They essentially made Trump the nominee yesterday. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Listen, Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, my great friends over there, they are doubling down on their amazing incentives for you to get a new Volvo. You know, Cherry Hill Volvo has always had these incredibly generous offers and they work with you to find you the absolute best Volvo at the absolute best price. That's what they're known for. Judith and Yosef, the entire team, will find you every available financial incentive. They are proud of that fact. But right now, they're adding even more because they are doing a big renovation at their dealership. And to make way for the new construction equipment, they're offering $1,000 off on all new Volvos plus owner loyalty, an extra $2,000 off if you use Volvo Car Finance or you lease it through Volvo Leasing. And a $7,500 rebate if you get an electric Volvo plug-in. These are great offers, great offers for you at a wonderful dealership that stands with us as the Talk Radio 1210 WPHD studio sponsor. So what are you waiting for? Go see Cherry Hill Volvo today on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. It'll take great care of you. Maybe you want to do the Care by Volvo lease program that I have. Every five months, you're eligible for a new Volvo. You can keep the Volvo you have or cancel the lease altogether. And one monthly payment includes car insurance, prepaid scheduled maintenance, tire and wheel care, 15,000 miles annually, excessive wear coverage, and more at one amazing price. Cherry Hill Volvo really is the leader. Don't go to any other Volvo dealership. Always deal with Cherry Hill Volvo. And since they're right over the bridge in Cherry Hill, they're easy to get to. They are the region's most accessible Volvo dealership. Again, $1,000 off all new Volvos, $2,000 if you use Volvo car finance or leasing, and $7,500 rebate on a plug-in Volvo at Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Scioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Yes, Dean Martin, Marshmallow World, one of my absolute favorite Christmas songs. Glad you're here today on a busy, busy Wednesday. Holy cow. I'll be filling in for Mark Levin again tonight, so please join me for that from 6 to 9 p.m. I did Dana Lash's show today from noon to 3, so you'll hear that tonight at 9 p.m. So we're, we're together till midnight, basically. We're hanging out till midnight together, which is fun. Tomorrow, I'm doing Dana Lash's show again, and then we have an abbreviated show tomorrow because of basketball nonsense. But don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get it done. We'll, we'll fit it in. Somehow, we'll fit it all in. We always find a way. On this show, we always find a way. That's the thing. All right, so there's a lot of reaction, obviously, to what Colorado did. And I, and I want to hear from you on this. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli, of course. Do you think that this will help Trump politically? I certainly think it will. No question about it. Here is the Colorado Republican chairman, Dave Williams. He was on CNN with Abby Phillips last night. He says that the state's party is going to move to a caucus system if the courts try to keep Trump off the ballot. I'm glad the Republicans are fighting back like this. Cut two. The Colorado party's GOP uh, Twitter account tweeted this. We will never surrender. Please help us keep Trump on the ballot and fight this election interference. Can you tell us exactly what you mean by, quote, we will never surrender? Yeah, absolutely. We think this is an absurd ruling and we're going to do whatever we can to protect the rights of voters in Colorado and frankly across the nation to choose Donald Trump if they so choose. We're going to appeal this to the United States Supreme Court. We're a party to the case and we're not going to take this lying down. And if need be, we're going to withdraw from the primary and go to a strict uh, caucus process that would allow our voters to choose Donald Trump if they want. So the Supreme Court ultimately will have the final word on on this, not just in Colorado, but probably for other states as well. If they side against the former president, would you consider that to be election interference? Absolutely. This is this is un-American of what's going I don't care if it's a Republican majority Supreme Court in the United States or if it's a Democrat majority here in Colorado. We don't feel that this is the right thing to do. If we truly care about one man, one vote and protecting our right to choose those who we want to represent us in government, then Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy and some of your other guests on the last segment are right. Let the people decide. Don't take away our vote. Think about this from this perspective, right? Let's say Texas turns around and says, what's happening at the southern border is an invasion. It's a rebellion. It's an insurrection against the United States of America. And Joe Biden is guilty of allowing this. Uh, It's self-evident. Self-evident. Everybody can see with their own eyes what's happening at the southern border. We have surrendered our border. You have tens of thousands of illegal immigrants coming in every single day. They are taking over America. This is how you take over a country without firing a single shot. And this is a rebellion. This is an insurrection against the United States America homeland. And we have decided that since Joe Biden is enabling this, we, the state of Texas, are going to keep him off our ballot, citing the disqualification clause. I mean, if you don't need a federal court to affirm that somebody has committed an insurrection or a rebellion, well, then what's to stop a state from just deciding on their own what a rebellion or an insurrection is? And in this case now, if you allow the United States to be taken over, how is it any different than if you encourage people to take over the Capitol building for a few hours? I'm not suggesting Trump did encourage people to do that. But what I'm saying is if that's Colorado's interpretation, like, hey, listen, he encouraged them to take over the Capitol. You're well, Joe Biden and the Democrats are encouraging 
tens of thousands of illegal immigrants every single day to take over America. So there's your insurrection. There's your rebellion right there. And Joe Biden's giving aid and comfort to all these people who are coming in to take over our country because he's given them meals and beds. And there you go. Aid and comfort, literally aid and comfort. It's so stupid to think that a state could could have the authority to do that and determine for themselves that the president is guilty of a federal offense that would bar him under the United States Constitution and then interpret the Constitution in state court to say, we believe it applies. Even though it's not our job, it's not our authority, we believe it applies anyway. What, what if a state decided that uh, Joe Biden was guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors and said, you know what? Listen, here it goes. Uh, we believe that Joe Biden uh, was with his son, Hunter. It's self-evident that Joe Biden's a crook and he, he took a bribe when he told Ukraine, you better fire the prosecutor or else I'm going to go home and take this billion dollars with me. That was a high crime and misdemeanor. It's self-evident. And um, we've decided he's not eligible to be on the ballot because he should be impeached and convicted and removed from office and then ineligible to serve. So we've decided those things all by ourselves. It's self-evident. Everybody can see he's guilty. Everybody knows he's guilty. Doesn't matter if a court finds him that way. It doesn't matter if Congress finds him that way. We, the state of uh, Missouri, we've decided it. So now Joe Biden is ineligible to be on the ballot because he should be impeached and removed from office and barred from ever running again under the impeachment clause of the Constitution. I mean, what's to stop a state from doing that and saying it's self-evident? It's self-evident. We don't need to wait on Congress to do anything. We don't need to wait in a federal court to decide something. We'll just do it ourselves. I mean, you would have absolute chaos if this is allowed to stand. Absolute chaos. And look, the states absolutely handle the elections. We have 50 separate elections in this country when it comes to the president. We don't have one national election. But it doesn't give the state the ability to usurp the United States Constitution. The state still has to follow the the tenets of the 14th Amendment, which is very, very clear. No state can deprive a person of their life, liberty, or property without due process. Not that complicated. And let's play a little game, shall we? Let's play a little game. I love games. Games are fun, aren't they? Games are always a good time. Oh, and by the way, I have a, a, a little math game for us later in the show. Just how much, for you Home Alone fans out there, like Matt DeSantis, just how much would it cost the entire McAllister family to go to Paris on that trip in today's dollars? I have the answer for you. Exactly how much that is. But let's look at the disqualification from public office under the 14th Amendment, shall we? Section 3. I'm going to read this to you. Tell me what you don't hear. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a two-thirds vote of each house, remove such disability. Now, what did you not hear in that? You didn't hear president. You heard elector of president, but not president. And the courts have already affirmed, there's precedent already, that when they say officers of the United States, they mean people who are appointed by the president to help the president do his job. So, if the word president's not there, 
you have to conclude that it doesn't apply to the president because why else list all these other offices? Why not just say nobody can hold nothing or something like that? You know, very, very simple. You can't hold a single job. You got nothing. You get nothing and like it if you committed a rebellion against the United States of America. You're ineligible to serve in any capacity. Why not just make it that black and white? Why play word games? Why play little semantic games if what they're trying to get at is the president of the United States is included here too? Why not list president? Because they didn't want it to apply to the president. It's not that complicated. They took the time to list all these other offices, both on the federal and state level, and yet they left out president of the United States of America. For a reason, whatever the reason that the framers of the 14th Amendment and the ratifiers and the adopters felt. And I'm sure there was a lot of debate on that at the time. But what's clear, though, is they didn't put it down. They know about the office of president because they have elector to the president. You can't be a member of the electoral college and vote for the president or vice president if you engage in a rebellion or insurrection or gave aid and comfort to those who did. But they don't mention president. So I think right there, that's all you need to know. That's it. That's it. Boom, done. That's it's over. What you don't say sometimes matters as much as what you do say. And they don't say president here. And they say all these other offices. They begin with senator, but everybody would understand the president to be uh, a bigger office than a senator. So they would list president first. And they don't list it at all. Just not there. But I want to play uh, a little clip for you. This is uh, a lot of great audio today. Uh, Terrific audio. This is the kooks on MSNBC, Rachel Maddow. Listen to the logic here. All right. If you want to have a healthy democracy, that means you have to ban people from being able to run and deprive the voters of their choice to vote for that person. That's how you have a healthy democracy, by not allowing people the opportunity to vote for the candidate of their choice. Cut three. The idea of a healthy democracy, nevertheless, having some sort of disqualifying process, an adjudicated process by which some people and some parties even are prohibited from participating in democratic competition because their point, because what they've shown, because their track record or their platform is anti-democratic in nature. That's a thing. That happens all over the world. It happens in our own history. That's how we got the third, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. As I said, it happened in, in post-war Germany. One of the things that I've been researching recently is that these there were, there were you know post-war German political Wait parties that wanted to bring Nazism or a version Nazis, of Nazis, right. The Germans set up a judicial system under Allied supervision that assessed whether or not they were anti-democratic parties. And if they were, all right, they let's were stop it right there. For, it's all I can tolerate of Rachel Maddow slash Chris Hayes. Uh, first of all, they also they, they did set up a judicial system to adjudicate those matters, which has not been done here. Nothing about Trump and January 6th has actually been adjudicated, but also Nazi. You just say Nazi. That's it. Everything comes back to Nazi with these people. Just say Nazi, just say Hitler, and then you're, you're done. You're good. That's it. That's all you got to say. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in today at everything we are discussing. It's been a, it's going to be a big show. We have a lot to talk about. There's breaking news all over the place. And don't forget, Hunter Biden, a lot of questions going on right now about Hunter Biden. In particular, 
What is going to happen? Why is he flying on Marine One all the time? What is the president talking about with Hunter Biden? But listen, Dr. Mike Venaria is a great guy and a great friend, and it's not too late to give yourself an amazing gift this year. I'm talking about the gift of a beautiful smile. Your smile says so much, right? Lights up a room and lets everybody see how happy you are. And if you need complicated dental work, there's no one better than Dr. Mike Venaria. He's my dentist, my family's dentist, and he is the master of dental implants. In fact, for 10 years, he has been ranked as the top dentist in New Jersey because of how great he is. He puts care first. That's the main thing. With two offices to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury right over the bridge, let Dr. Mike Venaria give you the smile you deserve. A beautiful smile says so much. And he handles cosmetic dentistry, pain-free root canal treatment if necessary, and of course, complicated dental work. If you've had an estimate for complicated dental work, have Dr. Mike give you a second opinion because that's the kind of guy he is. And you'll see the cost is probably going to be much better, especially if you go to one of these chain dental offices out there. They are all about the bottom line. Dr. Mike has exceeded because he's all about care for his patients. Everybody in the, in the staff is great. The great people that work there, great music playing in the office. You will be very impressed. Just go to VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A. VenariaDental.com. My buddy, my friend, and the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. I'll tell you what, the dissents here in this case, there's some really great dissents by the uh, justices in Colorado, including a Democrat-appointed Colorado justice who says the Trump ballot ban undermines the bedrock of America. That's right. All three dissenting justices in the Colorado court decision were Democrat appointees. So it's important to note that. They are Democrats, and yet they dissented. So this is important to know. Justices Carlos Samor, Maria Birkenkotter, and Chief Justice Brian D. Boatwright all dissented. But Samor was particularly critical of the 4-3 ruling. Samor and Boatwright were each appointed by Democrat former Governor John Hickenlooper, while Birkenkotter was appointed by current Governor Jared Polis, also a Democrat. This is what... Justice Samor wrote, quote, the decision to bar former President Donald J. Trump, by all counts, the current leading Republican presidential candidate and reportedly the current leading overall presidential candidate from Colorado's presidential primary ballot flies in the face of the due process doctrine. Even if we are convinced that a candidate committed horrible acts in the past, dare I say, engage in insurrection There must be procedural due process before we can declare that individual disqualified from holding public office. The justice went on to argue that allowing states to decide individually whether to allow Trump's candidacy risked chaos in the country. The justice conjured visions of state governments divided on the legitimacy of a victorious presidential candidate. This can't possibly be the outcome the framers intended, the justice wrote. I'm glad this justice is pointing out the major problem with this, which is the due process fact. You can't just declare people's guilt. You don't just say it's self-evident that they're guilty. You have to have due process. There has to be a trial. There has to be a conviction by a jury of your peers. This is fundamental to the American legal system. You don't have to be a, a legal scholar to see that. 
everybody gets their day in court, except if you're Donald Trump, then you get multiple days in court and then they even find you guilty for the stuff that you're not even in court for and then bar you from being on the ballot. But let's think about why this is happening, obviously. This is all happening because they are terrified that Trump is going to win. They're terrified of it. I mean, he's the one guy that's going to go in there and smash the deep state. It's personal for him. It's like Jaws to the revenge. This time it's personal. He's not going to let go. You know, he made the mistake in his first term of listening to the Republican establishment, bringing a lot of those hacks from the RNC into the White House. And meanwhile, the deep state was trying to undermine his entire presidency. Russia collusion, the nonsense. Well, he's learned his lesson from that. And this time around, it's going to be very different. Project 2025, which is the work of the Heritage Foundation and other conservative organizations, which essentially is going to say the president will redefine the executive branch to get away from these unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats and be able to have people who actually will work to fulfill the president's vision, which is something that needs to happen. So my God, you, you, you shouldn't have bureaucrats at the EPA undermining the president's agenda if he's trying to get the EPA off of the backs of businesses, for example. And you can't have uh, these bureaucrats in the deep state at the NSA and the FBI and the CIA working to undermine his presidency. With it, with every, where every day is basically another coup d'etat in the United States of America. You can't have these things. And the other point I want to make is that courts are supposed to rely on precedent. That's a fundamental principle of our legal system as well. Courts are supposed to rely on precedent. The only precedent at this moment in time regarding Donald Trump in January 6th is the impeachment of Donald Trump. And the Senate acquitted him. Remember, after January 6th, 2021, Trump was impeached for his role in the events that day. And an impeachment is an accusation. The trial was in the Senate and the Senate acquitted him. Because you need a two-thirds verdict to convict. Two-thirds vote. So the only precedent in this entire thing regarding Donald Trump in January 6th is when Donald Trump was acquitted of his role in January 6th by Congress, by the United States Congress. And yet the Supreme Court of Colorado says we can, we know better than the United States Congress and we have the power to overrule the United States Congress and say that the president's guilty of an insurrection, even though the Congress said he wasn't? Let me go to uh, Vinny in Pennsylvania. Vinny, you're on Talk Radio 1210. What's going on, my man? Hi, Rich. Uh, I think all Republican-led states should take immediate action to take old Joey off of their ballots, citing the self-evident border insurrection, forcing the Supreme Court's hand to make the proper decision. Because that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, look, man, I agree. Why not? What's happening at the border is definitely an insurrection. It's definitely a rebellion against the United States of America. And Joe Biden is giving aid and comfort to those who are doing it. You literally have people invading the country. Right. I'm so tired of the demos playing chess and the bow ties playing checkers. They've got to make a move sooner or later. Thanks, Vinny. Merry Christmas, my friend. Gene is in Abington. Gene, how are you? Hi, Rich. Your show is fantastic. Thank you. You are spot on on so many things. In fact, I don't, I don't remember anything you say that is incorrect. The the uh, clause that Section Three specifically does not mention the executive branch. 
It doesn't okay. mention the president. It mentions officers of the United States who would That's be part of the right. executive branch, but not the president. Right. Now, I also want to recommend, I want to recommend a CD. You like Christmas music, right? Yes. You like klezmer music? What music? Klezmer. I don't know what that is. That's like the stuff you hear in Fiddler on the Roof. Ah, okay. That kind of, there's a CD called Oi to the World. It's all Christmas music. <laughs> Oi to the World. All right. I will check it out, Gene. <laughs> you check it out. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Thank Gene. You. Merry Thanks. Christmas and appreciate you listening too. to the Merry show. Merry Christmas. All right. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. So by all accounts, the Supreme Court is going to have to say that Donald Trump is eligible to be on the ballot in Colorado. No question about it. They're going to have to say that because it's just so obvious. It's self-evident. Can't you see? It's self-evident. The Congress of the United States acquitted him in the one trial that, it, that ever happened regarding Donald Trump's role on January 6th. So if anything, the Supreme Court should reject Colorado because of the fact that Donald Trump was acquitted by Congress. And like it or not, Congress has the ultimate authority when it comes to presidential conduct. And they acquitted the guy. That's the one time he was in court, so to speak, a political court, but a court nonetheless. And he was acquitted. And he has not been in federal court on the matter because he hasn't even been charged with those things, let alone convicted in federal court. Listen, I'm not a lawyer, but I do love constitutional law. But I know I'm smart enough that if I were ever hurt in an accident, I know I'm going to reach out to the lawyer who's going to fight for me. That's my buddy, Tom Skopinich. He's a great guy and he's a fighter. And for 25 years, he's been fighting to help people on both sides of the river maximize their recovery and get the fair share that they deserve if they've been injured in an accident. You don't want to leave it to the insurance companies. Insurance companies are big businesses and they're concerned with one thing and that's their bottom line. You need a guy who's going to fight for you and that's Tom Skopinich. Just go to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. You're going to have a guy who's a fighter. And here's the, the, the real secret reason why Tom Skopinich is so good. See, prior to starting his law practice, he used to work for and on behalf of the insurance companies. So he knows how they think. He knows how they operate. He can put that insider expertise to work for you. And that's why he's so good at what he does. Just last week, I had a buddy of mine who was hurt in a very bad car accident. Reached out to Tom Skopinich. I gave him his number. Within an hour, they were talking. You're going to deal directly with Tom. Unlike all the billboard clowns out there, you never talk to them. You're going to talk directly to Tom. So reach out to him today, scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. My buddy, Tom Skopinich, scopelawyer.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, the media is very, very excited, the corporate media, about Donald Trump being banned from the ballot, uh, of course, of the 14th Amendment. Well, the question is, is this going to help Trump politically? The answer is yes. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. This guy, Jack Smith, you know, he's a lunatic prosecutor. He really is. He's hell-bent on getting Trump. 
He's hell-bent. I'm beginning hour number five of radio right now, and I'll be going till 9 o'clock tonight when I fill in for Mark Levin, but I have the greatest stamina in all of talk radio. So don't worry. My energy will not... I will not be low energy at any point today. We'll be high energy all the way till 9 o'clock. I've got a coffee, and I've got um, Hunter Biden's cocaine, and White House cocaine dogs left me some. We are good to go. No, just kidding about the cocaine part. They would never share. But here's what we know. We know right now that Jack Smith has added a Supreme Court specialist to the case. Trump has the Missouri lawyer who sued Joe Biden. So this political piece talking about who Jack Smith has in his corner here, this guy, Michael Dreeben. Michael Dreeben and Jack Smith worked to go after the Virginia governor, Bob McDonald, years ago. Bob McDonald was accused of corruption and Jack Smith went after him in a big, big way. And the United States Supreme Court reversed his conviction in a unanimous 8-0 ruling. The Supreme Court slapped Jack Smith and said, you have completely and utterly used over-prosecution here, and your interpretation of the, bri- the bribery statute does not apply. And an 8 nothing that's Democrat-appointed justices and Republican-appointed justices all joining together in a majority opinion to say, you are an overzealous prosecutor. But that's who Jack Smith is, and he wants to get Trump. So don't put it past him to try to get Trump. So CNN was, bre- was breathless last night, as you can imagine, just absolutely breathless, so excited about this news that came down. But pollster Frank Luntz burst their bubble yesterday when he talked about this on CNN, about how this actually probably helps Trump. Here's cut 12. And I mean, but does the context even matter to Trump supporters? Because there have been. I mean, tonight's ruling was really lengthy, explaining point by point why they believe he incited the insurrection, why the 14th Amendment applies to him. But to the average Trump supporter, that does that context even matter? Is this more about... Once again, Trump is the victim of the deep state kind of thinking. It actually proves Trump's point. It proves that the people in charge, the people in power are trying to take him down. But it's not you're not trying to reach all the Trump voters. You're simply trying to reach three or four percent of them that will make a difference in this election. Now, make no mistake. There is very few undecided voters right now. There are very few people going back and forth between Trump and Biden. It's more about those people are trying to decide whether or not to vote. And I got to tell you, Nikki Haley was gaining and gaining and gaining every single day. But she's going to be lost in the coverage for the next few days, maybe for the next couple of weeks. Exactly. Exactly. This is a bad day to be Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Chris Christie. Well, I mean, any, any day is a bad day to be him, but it's a bad day because Trump is going to dominate the news cycle. And because this... As Frank Luntz correctly said, this proves Trump's point. This proves that the deep state is out to get him. This proves that they are so scared of him returning to the White House that they are taking every single measure possible to try to prevent him from becoming president again. I mean, just think about that. Plays right into his argument. They are so terrified of me winning and what I will do to the deep state that they are going to use everything they possibly can to keep me from being on the ballot, even if they try to ban me from being able to run. Plays right into his hands. It's, it's, it, 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 you could not have asked for a better gift here. Now, it's a ridiculous ruling, and it's, uh, it's obviously something that is so unconstitutional, and I was infuriated by it from the perspective of just somebody who you know, loves the Constitution. But from a political perspective, 
this could not have been a better Christmas gift for Donald Trump. It's not going to stand the scrutiny of the Supreme Court. There's been no due process here. He's not going to be banned from being on the ballot. But all they've done right now is they've proven his point. I am the most dangerous man in America. They've got to stop me any way they possibly can. And you'll see if somehow or another this is allowed to stand, then it's not going to be. The, the, the United States Supreme Court, the, the justices on there, particularly Neil Gorsuch. Let me just, so I'll just take Neil Gorsuch, for example. You are not going to find a justice more committed to due process than Neil Gorsuch. He'll probably write the majority opinion saying that Colorado has applied no due process here whatsoever and that this cannot stand. Gorsuch is a Trump appointee. He's a man who was very much backed by the Federalist Society and his belief in due process and his belief in the Bill of Rights and your protection from your government when they accuse you of a crime and there has been no due process here. That's why the dissenting justices in the Colorado court, all Democrats, they all said the same thing. There's no due process for Donald Trump here. So this is not going to hurt Trump. It's only going to help him. It plays right into his message. And now the other candidates get lost into the shuffle. It's almost like the Democrats really cannot see. They're, they're just so bad at this game. They're so bad at this. They don't see what they're doing. They're, they're doing everything they can to elevate Trump to be the nominee, thinking he's the easiest one to beat. But these poll numbers show he can beat Joe Biden. Here's Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick kind of saying what I said. Why not? Why doesn't the state just determine that Joe Biden's ineligible to be president? You see what's going on the southern border. It's clearly an invasion. It's clearly an insurrection, a rebellion against the United States of America. Joe Biden's giving them literal aid and comfort in the form of food and shelter and everything else. Take a listen. So we spent a lot of time, Laura, in the Senate writing this bill along with the governor. And we believe we have a bill that will uh, survive any type of Supreme Court challenge because we are being invaded. Uh, Arizona tried this about 10 years ago, but our law is different. It simply says that our law enforcement can arrest anyone, uh, take them in, uh, do a background check, photograph, do fingerprints. Uh, if they saw them cross the border illegally, uh, we can do that. Or if they happen to reveal in the arrest stop that they crossed illegally, and then the magistrate will send them back and will escort them to the border, uh, and they have a choice. They can go to jail or they can go back, and if they go back and try to come back again and we arrest them again, the penalty gets even higher. We're fed up. In fact, Seeing what happened in Colorado tonight, Laura, makes me think, except we believe in democracy in Texas, maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president, uh, disrupting our state far more than anything anyone else has done in recent history. Yeah, just say it's an insurrection against the United States of America. It's a rebellion going on at the southern border. All these people who are coming in here are enemies of the United States of America. Some of them are. I mean, you're letting people on the terror watch list come into the country. So you could make that argument. Why not? Just say it's self-evident. See, this is what states need to do. I'm telling you, if a, if a Republican state had cojones, they would, they would actually do it. They would actually ban Joe Biden from being on their ballot just to send a message, just to prove a point, knowing that it would not stand the scrutiny of the court. Who cares? Do it anyway. Say that you're not going to allow Biden on the ballot because he's given aid and comfort to those who are leading an insurrection against the United States of America at the southern border. I mean, define insurrection, define rebellion. It's very difficult to do. And it, the 14th Amendment's not crystal clear on this fact. So if Joe Biden says it's self-evident, you just know it when you see it, 
right? It's like obscenity. You just know it when you see it. And also, too, if the Colorado Supreme Court says it's self-executing, meaning that you don't need Congress to trigger anything, it just happens automatically. It just happens. Well, then self-execute and uh, self-actualize it and all the other nonsense and just make it happen. Make it be so. It's self-evident. Now we're self-executing and there you go. He's off the ballot. And it's ridiculous, but you're making a point here of how ridiculous it is that a state can interpret the federal constitution and that a state can decide somebody's guilty of a federal crime. It's ridiculous. It's so silly. Here is Professor John Turley, Jonathan Turley, of course, the constitutional law professor talking about this. Uh, cut 11. January, this ballot has to be finalized. There's a Janu- January 4th date listed here. How does this play out? Well, it puts this on a rocket docket for the Supreme Court. They've got to get involved. They've got to get involved, first of all, because there's not much time to make a final decision. And they also have got to get involved because this is dead wrong. I think they're wrong on the law. I just published a piece in Georgetown on this theory. And I think that it is fundamentally flawed, both in terms of the language of the Constitution and the history. What's striking, Kaylee, about this opinion is that there was a series of barriers, a couple of which you just discussed, in applying this provision uh, to bar Trump. They had to adopt the most sweeping interpretation on every single issue in order to get where they wanted to go. The only part of the opinion that is not sweeping and broad is when they get to the First Amendment and free speech. Then they adopt a narrow interpretation. They suggest that Trump doesn't have free speech protections. But in order to establish that he committed or was engaged in insurrection, they go back to speeches in 2016. Uh, And they basically daisy chain these speeches to say, look, he's been at this for a long time. I think that the factual and legal basis of this opinion uh, is is really so porous that the Supreme Court will make fast work of it. And they should. You know, I got asked a question, too. Do they mean an insurrection against the king or rebellion against the king? Now, remember, the 14th Amendment was passed after the Civil War. So in order for the South to come back into the Union, they had to agree to adopt these Civil War amendments, the 13th, the 14th, and I think the 15th, too. And the key of that, of course, is that they had to agree that slavery was going to be illegal, and they had to agree to the 14th Amendment. And one of the provisions of that was, obviously, the Republicans did not want any of these Confederate Democrats to be in office. And that's where the 14th Amendment comes from. And at the time, it was very easy to know who was an insurrectionist or a a rebel because they were part of the Confederacy. This amendment was adopted in post-Civil War. So we knew who they were. They were people that waged war against the United States of America. Many of them had been previously, had been previous generals and soldiers of the American military, left the Union Army to join the Confederacy and fight for the Confederacy. So they were the rebels. They were the insurrectionists. They were the the ones who betrayed their country and they could not be allowed to serve in in high office. Very simple. I mean, very black and white, you know. They didn't need to spend a lot of time adjudicating how somebody would be known as an insurrectionist or a rebel because it was at the time self-evident. We had just fought a civil war. But this is where Joe Biden's wrong. They also realize that in the future, you may have another insurrection. There could be another rebellion. Who knows? 
So that's where in the 14th Amendment, they bring up the due process clause first, and then everything follows after that. And the due process clause says no person can be denied life, liberty, or property unless they have due process. So there you go. Very simple, very easy. And now, of course, you have the left doing what they always do, which is to warn of, uh, of danger, to warn of danger in the wake of this ruling and that you're going to see some, uh, some lone wolf commit terrorism. Here's Frank Fugazi. His real name is Figluzzi, but I call him Fugazi. Frank Fugazi, a former FBI agent, loves authority, loves tyranny, loves, loves the, uh, the police state. He's on with the most racist woman in America, Joy Reid. Cut five. A decision like this uh, is both a, a, an interesting legal and constitutional question and one that will go before the Supreme Court, but it's also a national security question because we know what MAGA is capable of. We know what his supporters are capable of. This kind of a decision, what should we be thinking about in terms of the national security impact? Yeah, there's no question, Joy. I'm, I'm glad you thought about this through the lens of national security because that's how I'm viewing it as well. Look, we're already at quite a high risk level in this country, largely because of Hamas and, and Israel. We've seen DHS and FBI issue numerous bulletins. They recently did for the whole winter season regarding large public gatherings. And, and what is that about? Let's look at that because there's an analogy here. It's about the, the fear that some lone actor or actors will be inspired by Hamas, Al-Qaeda, or ISIS regarding what's going on in the Middle East. Similarly, as you said, we have a proven track record with Donald Trump and his rhetoric inspiring violence, even fatal violence, even fatal to those who are executing the violence themselves, willing to die for Trump. And so the first uh, willing thing to that die I, I for Trump. You got it. Is, All right. Thank yeah. you. That's enough for him. Willing to die for Trump. So now 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 what, what America needs to do is to be on alert because of the Colorado decision for all these lone wolf terrorists who are out there ready to die for Trump. They waste no time to push their narrative that, of course, domestic violent extremists are just everywhere waiting to pounce, willing to die for Trump. These people are insane. They really are. They're insane. But remember something, though, in all of this, politically speaking, we are still watching as the southern border is being invaded and the southern border right now has I mean, they surrendered. It's, it's over. We, we, we lost the southern border of the United States of America on Joe Biden's watch. We have abandoned the southern border. We've given up, although the Democrats did this on purpose, but we still have abandoned it. It's over. So now let me play this clip for you. This is former President Donald Trump, who is speaking at a rally and he said, about immigrants and remind yourself of what I shared with you yesterday, that story from Politico, how Mexicans, meaning Mexican-Americans, are looking forward to Trump's return because they've said this, this, this situation needs to stop. Cut 20. It's crazy what's going on. They're ruining our country. And it's true. They're destroying the blood of our country. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They don't like it when I said that. And I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that in a much different way. No, they're coming from all over the world, people all over the world. We have no idea. They could be healthy. They could be very unhealthy. They could bring in disease that's going to catch on in our country. But they do bring in crime. But they have them coming from all over the world. This whole issue of... of, uh Trump being Mein Kampf and the poisoning of the blood and everything. Remember, Hitler was talking about the Aryan race and specifically only Germans. The United States of America does not have only one ethnic group. We have a lot of them. 
We have a lot of them. Every person is mixed race, basically. Every single person. So that, that meaning does not apply to the United States of America like it did to Germany in the 1930s. Obviously, everybody knows that. There's not many people here who are di- direct descendants of the Mayflower. I don't even think Trump is, but beside the point. I mean, I'm, I, I'm Italian. Is my, is my blood pure? That's not what he means by that. But they all jumped on that. And this is where they make their mistakes because people turn around and say, instead of being so upset by a a line that he says, why don't you be upset about what's actually happening at the border? Why don't you actually do something about this? And since that's not happening right now, the American people are giving Joe Biden very low marks on the handling of the border. Hell, even John Fetterperson is coming out right now and saying what's happening at the border cannot stand, that this is insane what's going on at the border. Here he is with Jake Tapper yesterday, John Fetterperson, Pennsylvania Senator, cut 16. On immigration, uh, which is a big uh, issue going on in the Senate right now, you recently said, quote, I hope Democrats can understand that it isn't xenophobic to be concerned about the border, unquote. And even though you did run for lieutenant governor and senator, uh, as a progressive, you're now rejecting that label what would you call yourself uh i would just call myself a a, a democrat and i believe that i'm on the right side of issues whether that's being very pro-choice maybe that i believe that is being pro-union and if i believe that's for pro uh israel on that as well too there's absolutely uh different kinds of opinions in in the democratic party and and i've always been very clear that i'm going to stand on the right side of what i believe it is and i've been very upfront on others as well too and and i really have been able to find anybody that can say there's not any kind of an issue right now on the border that has around 270,000 people being encountered on the border just in one month and to put that in perspective as i've said before that's the side of pittsburgh and if roughly the the size of pittsburgh is showing up in the border um, if that's what you, you need to say, that's fine. That, that's not really an issue uh, as a progressive. Then I guess that that's why I wouldn't be a progressive. But I have remained and you know, will always be very, very uh, pro-immigration, perhaps as much as anybody in there. The fact that John Fetterman has to come out and say that he's tough on the border and break from his party and then get destroyed by progressives over that tells you where the mainstream thinking is in the Democrat Party. And the answer is open borders. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. A lot more to talk about today. We have a lot of things to to cover, not just Colorado, but uh, many things that are happening locally and nationally in our area. I want to remind you, of course, I'll be on for Mark Levin later tonight i also want to remind you guys that you are running out of time to get her something she's going to love this christmas you need to go to pajamagram.com right now pajamagram.com order her the luxurious naturally nude pajamas she's going to love them you're going to love how she looks in them and you get the free matching nighty a 75 dollar value at pajamagram.com she's going to love the feel you're going to love the look and they'll wrap it for you. They'll ship it right away. And you got to do this. It's a no-brainer. They always sell out before Christmas. There's many different styles and colors to choose from. So what are you waiting for? Just do it right now. Go to pajamagram.com. Christmas is in five days. So you need to do this now. Okay, please. Don't wait anymore. Pajamagram.com. The naturally nude pajamas. There's really nothing like them anywhere. And she will love them. And you will be happy with how she looks in them. So do it right now. Pajamagram.com. Pajamagram.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Oh, this is terrible. What is this? What is this? Stop, 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 stop. No, no, it's not. No, stop, 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 stop. Can we play something people actually like? This was requested. By who? I forget, but I've only been playing requests all week. That's all I've been doing. Come on, this is awful. Hey, pay what, respect. Who is this by? What is this? The late great DMX. Oh. I mean, there's so many beautiful Christmas songs we could be playing this week, and we're playing this nonsense. You don't like that voice, that iconic voice? Uh, Perry Como, Bing Crosby, Sinatra. We're not playing those. Those are those are B101 songs. We're playing. No, they're not. They don't play Sinatra on B101. Hey, play, can you lower it? Lower it. It's giving me a headache. <laughs> Somebody requested it, though. <laughs> well, we have Christmas. a lot of bad requests on this show, right? <laughs> Most of them were from me. Yeah, well, your, yours are the absolute yeah, worst. I got banned. Uh, a friend of mine sent me a song today, and I, it made me think about the, the nature of Santa and the elf on the shelf and the deep state. And I think it all kind of comes together. Henry, I sent this to you. Yeah, I got it. It's called uh, Santa's Watching You by Kelly Finnegan. Uh, let's take a little bit of a listen to this here. Oh, Give me a second. Up. Yeah. All right, pull, pull it up. Do you want to listen you to that some terrible more song DMX off can... while we wait? Or... What's that? I said, do you want to listen to some more DMX while we no, wait? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to listen to it. It's going to you when you're sleeping. Better watch out. Well, you better not cry. No, no. I'm here to tell you. Be careful how you treat the ones you love. Oh, you got to watch out. I do too. And as a parent, I employ this this time of year with my children. I did it this morning as they were getting ready to go to school, yelling at them, Santa's watching. Knock it off. Fred's watching. Fred's our elf on the shelf. Fred's watching. Santa's watching. But I really am setting them up for the surveillance state in the United States of America, am I not? Kids are terrified of the elf on the shelf. They do, uh, you you can, so my niece has, uh, her elf on the shelf is, I think, I think her name is Gert, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful name. Anyway, um, if, uh, if Olivia is annoying me or something, I can just simply say, oh, you know what? Gert's watching. You better shape up. And then, you know, Gert is watching, of course, and can report back to Santa. And suddenly, Olivia's just sitting there and, and coloring in peace. 
Yeah. It works. The deep state's watching you. I mean, really, Santa is the deep state, if you think about it. <laughs> Go ahead. Explain that, please. Well, because he's watching you. It's a surveillance state. He's watching your actions. He's making a list. Checking it twice. He does see you while you're sleeping. But I don't he sees get, you while you're sleeping. I don't get he any He knows gifts. if you've been bad or good. I don't get any <laughs> gifts from the deep state. Well, you do. You you just don't realize you do. They they give you your freedom, Henry, until they take it away from you. <laughs> Doesn't sound very good. <laughs> Rather, I mean, cold. it occurred to me today when my friend sent me the song that actually what I'm doing is I'm enabling my children to become accustomed to the very thing that I rail against almost daily on this program, which is the police state surveillance state that has become the United States of America. I mean, was Santa's watching, the elf on a shelf's watching, why not the NSA? You know what I mean? <laughs> you think kids would be uh, afraid of the NSA? No, because it, 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 it conditions them to be okay with being watched and monitored all the time to make sure they're being good. Elves on the shelves are a giant psyop to be conditioned by the deep state. Thank you, Henry. Yeah. Thank you, Henry. That's exactly where I was going with this. Mm-hmm. It's a psyop. <laughs> the CIA invented the elf on a shelf. The NSA invented it and marketed it, got it into every home in America, so now everybody is okay with some thing in the corner watching you at all times. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listening to how you behave, how you act. <laughs> See? You know, in addition to those elves in the shelves, I know there's like a Christmas ornament that's like a, like almost like a camera, and it <laughs> reports live back to Santa. That's a thing? Yeah. Instead of an elf on the shelf, you have that. Oh, that's creepy. Like CCTV goes yeah. right to the North Pole. Yeah, exactly. So that'll get conditioned to all the cameras out in public in the, in the square. You know what I mean? Watching you mm-hmm. and the, making sure you're being good. Oh, that's really, that's a next level of creep. Oh, yeah. That's a next level of, uh, of cringe right there, don't you think? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I, I got to draw the line at that. No, no cameras to the North Pole. We got we to gotta limit the, uh, the kids' acceptance and conditioning here of, this, of the deep state. But I think we've determined it today on the show. I think you nailed it, Henry. This is a giant psyop by the deep state to get our kids okay with being spied on. And they do it under the facade of Christmas cheer. Yes. Shameless. Some bureaucrat at the NSA came up with the concept of an elf on the shelf. How are we going to sell this surveillance state to the kids? Let's start with the elf. And maybe that's where Santa came from, too. They were kind of like, you know, I mean, in the old legend, Santa just delivered toys. But why don't we update it a little bit? Santa's watching you. Santa's watching you. That's a good song, though. Let's play a little more of that. I actually like it a lot. Good one. How about this, Henry and Matt? When they when they say he's making a list and tw- checking it twice, is that the no-fly list? <laughs> huh? It doesn't take much to get on one of those, it seems. <laughs> Is that the terror watch list? The domestic violent extremist list, huh? I'm just saying. Boy. Just pointing this out. <laughs> Dark Christmas segment. <laughs> no, but it's making a lot of sense. And my friend made the comment that her daughter said to her, um, you know, Stan is watching you too, mom. And that's the thing too, is that as an adult, you have to, of course, go, oh, yeah, no, no, I know, I know. Santa's, Santa's watching me. He's watching you. He's watching all of us. And it's for our own good to keep us safe and get toys on Christmas and make sure that we're not naughty and go on a list and then we can't get on an airplane and fly anywhere. 
and go into public buildings and have them read my emails and my Facebook profile. It's <laughs> just to keep us all safe, honey. Safe with our toys. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? Um, I have a lot of tweets. Let's do a quick social media check-in. Thanks to our friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. Tom Tartaglia. Tom Tartaglia says, Rich, it's only a matter of time before someone creates a horror film called Elf on the Shelf. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Greater Chris, my grandmother is rolling over in her grave with that DMX Christmas song, Henry. Poor woman. I agree. (laughs) So uh, Uh, don't disrespect DMX. What? Man's a legend. Now, you're going to have to accommodate Susie because, you know, she has Zeoli Army in her actual Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. She has one for you, Henry. I forgot one of my faves. Shake Up Christmas by Train. Ooh, okay. I'll put that on the list here. You know, it's a good one, too, is uh, Sarah McLaughlin and the Bare Naked Ladies. They, they did a couple Christmas tunes together many years ago. That was really good. Johnny Cook says, Rich, for once I was actually looking forward to hearing Mark Levin tonight. Uh, alas, he's got some guest host sitting in with a little meme of Ralphie from A Christmas Story <laughs> sitting there looking all depressed, putting his head between his arms. Sorry, Johnny. And Susan says, I can't even listen to Rich because the Audacity app uh, is the worst thing out there. It keeps disconnecting, then dings constantly in the background, or the sound goes up and down. I wish 1210 and Rich streamed on iHeartRadio. Susan, thank you for weighing in. Uh, I probably should not have read that one on the air, but nevertheless, there we go. <laughs> is it too late for us to dump that? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Corporate's watching you. Just to be Corporate's cl- watching you. <laughs> Just to be clear, the Rich Zioli Show thinks that the Odyssey app is wonderful and works perfectly every single time. Please download it and enjoy Right, it. and I also think Justin Trudeau was born in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah, we do think that. We do think that, yes. Right. Yeah, Sorry, no, no, definitely. Caught me off guard there, yeah. Santa's watching you, the dark psyop. You know what they should do to kids, too, is they should put them in CIA black sites if they've been bad instead of coal in their stocking. No, the EPA is not going to allow coal and stockings anymore that's going to be illegal soon but what they should do to get kids ready for the ultimate is it it'll be treated like a january 6th uh, uh prisoner they just put them into a dark room if you're bad you're naughty you go into that dark room without an attorney without any rights and you just stay there and think about what you did <laughs> i like this that's terrifying that's even worse since we can't coal. put coal in stockings anymore what can we give kids why can't you put coal in a stocking the epa's banned it oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Like, yeah, I don't know if, if Santa's subject, subject to the EPA, but I imagine that he doesn't want to mess with them any more than anybody else does. Maybe some solar bunch panels. of tyrants. Yeah, little solar panel. Uh, I saw a cartoon where they said, "Why don't you put uh, electric vehicles in people's stockings? Because they're even less popular than coal. <laughs> Just a lump of coal." You know, I have actually in my past, you know, life, uh, I used to make pizza with coal, and I would use, I would buy coal. And uh, put it in the pizza oven, and I got it up to 1,200 degrees at one point. That charred a pie, baby. That charred a pie. You know what I'm saying? I think the coal-fired pizza is the best pizza, personally. I agree. Uh, hey, Rich, you need to get Greg to program your music. This really sucks. Walton Martin the Third on Twitter. I agree. Henry is just off the rails. You're off the rails. Well, why can't you play music people like? I'm, I am taking everybody's requests. Well, I don't know what you do. What do you want me to do? 
there's too many requests for you to hit all of them. You know this. Don't play little don't, games with I me, Henry. Henry, th- you're playing games. You're playing little word games, and I don't like it. You know that makes me mad. You know that you don't have enough time to play every request that comes in. You're picking and choosing, and you're picking the bad ones. I'm not. I, I, yes, I, you I am are. Not. I am not. I'm, I'm sk- purposely skipping the mainstream ones, even the ones I like. Like Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. I love that song, but I'm skipping it because there are other more niche songs that I want to give airtime to because people like them and they don't hear them on regular radio stations. Rich, are you suggesting that DMX should not have been prioritized? Right. I'm saying that you probably got several hundred requests. We have maybe between now and the end of the show tomorrow, we have what, four or five breaks, six at the most? And yet you filter all through hundreds of requests to come up with the crappy DMX one, the one you did yesterday that was terrible. Which one was that? I I forget. I don't even remember now. The I am Santa Claus one. Yeah, I am Santa Claus. That was funny. That was funny. It was a play on Iron Man. That one was good, I thought. In in Henry's defense, that one was strong. That was a great way to kick off the holiday season. For getting called out for not playing Christmas music, we'll start with that. I am Santa Claus. (laughs) Well, good. I'm I'm glad you feel good about yourself, all right? (laughs) By the way, speaking of, I I know that Matt DeSantis' favorite movie is Home Alone. So they calculated what it would cost. If you've not seen Home Alone, I mean, it came out in the, what, 1990, I think. Yep. So what are you waiting for? But... (laughs) I mean, really, at spoiler alert, they all the, the movie opens with them. They're going to Paris. They're going to fly out to see the dad's brother, and he's flying everybody out to Paris. And, of course, they get there. They realize that they left Kevin home alone. So the mom's got to fly back, and then she's got to find her way back to Chicago, and calamity ensues. So they look at the cost of what that trip would cost in today's dollars. What would the home alone Paris trip cost today? So the Washington Post got three travel experts together. They calculated the price of the McAllister's disastrous Christmas vacation. You want to guess? And there were, how many people? There were, what, 15 people, I think, that ultimately went, right, in the initial group? Yeah, something like that. And then there were, I believe the adults were the ones that flew first class. So uh, Mr. and Miss, uh, Mr. and Mrs. McAllister and then Uncle Frank and his wife. Boo. Yeah. Boo, Uncle Frank. I don't know why you hate Uncle Frank so He's much. He's the real villain. By the way, let me just make a point. When I was watching Home Alone the other night, I had to point out to the children that they would never make it to the airport on time and get through the TSA groping and the unconstitutional searches of your body um, because th- th- this movie was made pre-9-11. That's valid. So they, they had 45 minutes to get there with Chicago traffic. They never would have made it in the first place. But when they got to security, good luck. You know what I mean? You know, one of the 15 of them was going to get extra screening and probably pulled out a line, and one of them probably had a juice box on them or something. Buzz Buzz would have got pulled over by TSA. Yeah, Buzz definitely would have been profiled as a terrorist. So, you know, with a TSA, you you just can't get to the airport with 45 minutes of your plane gets off and run through the airport and make it through. No chance in a post-9-11 environment. But they added up the cost of everything, the, the car service, the bags, everything. And they said that all in the entire trip in today's dollars would be about $28,000 Wow, or more for that trip to Jeez. Paris, which I actually thought wasn't bad for 15 people. No, uh, especially since four of them did fly first class. Yeah. First class. They said airline prices are cheaper today than they were back then for oh. some reason. I don't really know if that's true or not, but... I saw a uh, another piece that the New York Times just pumped out actually like an hour or so ago, accusing the McAllisters of being one percenters. 
Well, we got to get that bad op-ed for tomorrow's show. Yeah, Definitely. Gonna, I've already marked it. Uh, Newman Price says, I still haven't heard Darlene Love Christmas, Baby, I, Please Come Home. I played yeah, that. It's say, I played what? that. I oh, played you did, that. You did, that's right. You did play it the other I night. I played that right. Monday uh, coming out of the 640 break. Muggsy Dew says, Henry, it's okay to pick any of the listeners' requests so long as it's Sinatra, Perry Como, Dean Martin. Don't let Rich tell you otherwise. <laughs> Very <laughs> funny. Thank you to Cherry Hill Vavo for allowing us the social media check-in. We appreciate it very, very much. And uh, Chris Eppolito will round it out by saying, after scouring the internet, I've given up my attempt to find Ben Affleck singing, There is a God, hashtag Zeoli Army. Yeah, that would be when I just officially just end my life on the air. I'm sure someone create, could create like an AI of that. Please don't. Please don't do that. Please don't. Please, I beg of you. Oh, speaking of AI, by the way, um, it turns out that there is a manipulation going on with uh, AI. And also, too, I want to tell you that if you really want to save the Earth from climate change, you need to stop breathing. Yes, that's correct. You need to stop breathing. I will tell you about that upon my return. But first, I want to tell you about my buddy. Am I doing scope here? I feel like I just did him, didn't I? That yeah, you got wrong. a couple to do here. I got, well, I, what, what, tell me what you want me to do. Scope. Give me, give me, a, give me a, a, a live read. Scope. I'll do scope. Fine. I, just, I thought I just did scope. You Didn't have I just talk three about him scopes. Like five seconds yeah, ago? Yeah, I know. I know. But to make this all work, you need to do it here again. Fine. Then I'll tell you about the law offices of Thomas G. Scope. And it's for 25 years he's been fighting to help everybody in our region get what they deserve and maximize their recovery and the fair value of your case. Because he's a great attorney and he's very, very smart and he's dedicated and good at what he does. So that's why you want to reach out to him today by going to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. I'm telling you right now. Uh, you do not want to go against the insurance companies on your own. Insurance companies are big businesses. They are concerned with one thing, and that's their bottom line. You need Tom Skopinich to fight in your corner. And what sets him apart is that he used to work for and on behalf of the insurance companies. So he knows how they think. He knows their strategies and their tactics. Let him put that to work for you today and he'll help you in either new jersey or pennsylvania since he's licensed in both states and his office is in montgomery county lansdale tom skopinich helped a buddy of mine in south jersey the other day got into a bad accident called him up within an hour they were on the phone together going through all the details of the case and tom is on it that's what he will do for you so use the guy that i would call absolutely if i were injured in an accident the man who will go to the mattresses for you that's my buddy tom skopinich scopelawyer.com scopelawyer.com thanks for listening to the seoli show podcast from talk radio 1210 wpht and the odyssey app do you have any and don't concept of who our audience is? Do you even care? It, oh, yeah. This was Susie Cool's request. Oh, it was? This is Train, man. I know Just kidding. Just kidding. Very good. Shake up the happiness, baby. Shake it up. Christmas time. Go ahead, pump that up. There you go. Listen, I got four hours of radio ahead of me. I have incredible stamina, but still, it's a lot of radio. Uh, some breaking news coming out of uh, California. They are now looking to bar Donald Trump from being on the ballot in that state as well. So the uh, letter was sent from the lieutenant governor of California to the honorable 
Dr. Shirley Webster Weber, the California Secretary of State, let me share with you what California is asking for here. Dear Secretary Weber, based on the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling in Anderson v. Griswold, I urge you to explore every legal option to remove former President Donald Trump from California's 2024 presidential primary ballot. I am prompted by the Colorado Supreme Court's recent ruling that former President Donald Trump is ineligible to appear on the state's ballot as a presidential candidate due to his role in inciting an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 4th, 2021. This decision is about honoring the rule of law in our country and protecting the fundamental pillars of our democracy. These people are amazing, right? I'm going to protect democracy by keeping an American off the ballot and depriving the voters of their choice to elect that person. That's democracy. Specifically, the Colorado Supreme Court held in Anderson v. Griswold that Trump's insurrection disqualifies him under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to stand for presidential re-election. Because the candidate is ineligible, the court ruled, it would be a wrongful act for the Colorado Secretary of State to list him as a candidate on the state's presidential primary ballot. Furthermore, Colorado Supreme Court cites conservative Justice Neil Gorsuch to make their case, saying the following, quote, as then Judge Gorsuch recognized in Hassan, it is a state's legitimate interest in protecting the integrity and practical functioning of the political process that permits it to exclude from the ballot candidates who are constitutionally prohibited from assuming office. That's the problem, though. Trump is not constitutionally prohibited from assuming office. A, he has not been convicted of anything. In the case that Gorsuch was dealing with, there are people who have been barred through due process. Donald Trump has not been barred through any due process. And then B, the Constitution still does not list the presidency as one of the offices, in which case you'd be disqualified from. Of course, California doesn't care. We've crossed the Rubicon here. We are now going to go down the the lane of every blue state trying to ban Trump from the ballot. California must stand on the right side of history. California is obligated to determine if Trump is ineligible for the California ballot for the same reasons described in Anderson. The Colorado decision can be the basis for similar decisions here in our state. The Constitution is clear. You must be 40 years old and not be an insurrectionist. Um, 35, genius. Did they change the age of the president? Did I miss that? I don't believe that occurred. Still 35, right? Oh, yes. Idiot. Well, the lieutenant governor of California, hey, do you have to be a moron to be lieutenant governor of California? Just curious, asking for a friend. <laughs> the Constitution of California is clear. You must be an idiot. I'm checking to see if there was any. Changes. I don't remember the Constitution being updated to make it 40, but let me just, let, let's just do a quick check on that one. Let's Can check we please? Article 2 real quick. <laughs> uh, pulling it up now. Oh, I don't want to subscribe. Get out of here. Did it subscribe to what, the Constitution? Uh, no, not to the Constitution, to this legal website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. It's 35. Um, it's got to be 35, right? It's definitely not 40. No, it's 35. I know it's 35. They haven't changed the age. But this this woman's an idiot, the, the lieutenant governor of California. Well, look, the, the bottom line is this. The, uh, 35. 35, thank you. Every blue state is going to try to do this now. Every single one. They're all going to try to do this, and this is going to be a little game, and the Supreme Court's going to have to slap everybody back here. This is the ultimate election rigging. This is the ultimate way to destroy democracy. Trump has a massive lead in the California presidential primary, by the way. If you look at the real clear average of politics, 
and you look at the polls for the states and you look at California, let's just do California, shall we? The, the presidential primary, let's go to the Republican 2024 polls. Iowa, Trump's lead right now is 33 points. The real clear politics average right now. In, uh, let's see here, New Hampshire, Trump's up 15. Michigan, Trump's up 50 points. Wisconsin, Trump's up 38. In the Georgia primary, Trump's up 38. In the California primary, he's up, I believe, let's see here, uh, 50. So that's not even close. I mean, he's crushing it even in California. So again, you you, you got to look at this stuff and you got to say to yourself, I mean, how can you deprive Republican voters of their chance to vote for the guy who has a massive lead in that state? How can you how can you turn around and think that that's healthy for our country? That that's okay to do? And the answer is it's not okay to do. It's 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 so undemocratic. It's beyond the pale what they're trying to do here. And actually, you know, this guy uh, Jim Messina, who was one of Barack Obama's big campaign guys, he actually makes the point here that throwing Trump off the ballot helps the Biden campaign narrative. Now, pay attention to this. And I'm going to tell you why he's wrong, but also right. Cut four. On the long term, this plays exactly into the Biden campaign narrative. And what they're going to say is just look at the past month. I mean, he admitted he would be a dictator this weekend. He talked about immigrants poisoning the blood of the of, of the country. Now he's being thrown off the ballots because of his insurrection. Do you really want to go back to this? Is this really what we as a country want to go back to? And, you know, elections are about choices. And this kind of, of moment, it drives a narrative that is very important politically. It is a guy who used to run presidential campaigns. I can tell you there are moments that voters sort of wake up and say, huh, should I rethink myself here on this ballot question? And I think that Donald Trump is continuing to give voters those moments as they start to pay attention in the new year. And this court ruling is just another way for voters to start to wake up and say, do we really want to go back to this craziness? All right. Now, it does help the Biden campaign narrative, except that the Biden campaign narrative is not working. The idea of Trump being a dictator and Hitler and Mussolini is not working. I shared that with you the other day from James Carville's polling group. But this is where he's wrong. The idea that people say, I don't want to go back to that crazy. Think of the crazy in America right now. Look at the southern border where you've got tens of thousands of people streaming into this country illegally every single day. Does that not seem crazy to you? Where you've got anti-Jewish uh, protesters running rampant on college campuses saying the most vile things. And they're doing it in Penn Station in New York and in Grand Central Terminal and shutting down 676 in Philadelphia. Does that not seem crazy? Does Biden's America not seem nuts to you? This perpetual war in Ukraine where we've already spent $120 billion with no end in sight. Does that not seem crazy to you? All these things that are happening in our country right now. America abandoning its energy independence literally costing our our own country billions of dollars as we prop up dictators around the world. Does that not seem crazy? So you got to ask yourself, which crazy would you prefer? Would you prefer the crazy of Trump's words and tweets or would you prefer the crazy of Joe Biden's policies that has led America on this path of high inflation and losing our energy independence, a world that is at a tipping point right now in terms of conflict and a southern border that with the United States of America has completely abandoned and surrendered. So ask yourself that question. Would you rather, which crazy would you rather have? 
I, I would take mean tweets. I would take mean tweets any day over the results of Joe Biden's policies. And I know that most Americans feel the same way. And they know that too. So that's why it's not working for them. We got a big five o'clock hour coming up. We're going to focus on Harvard and why the president there has been able to keep her job as new allegations of plagiarism come up. Plus, John Fetterperson sounding a whole lot more conservative these days. What's going on with that guy? But listen, I want to tell you about Emmons Roofing and Siding. They are outstanding and they do such a great job. Windows, siding, roofing, doors, and yes, kitchen and bathroom remodeling. Emmons does it all for you. Matt and Stephanie are the owners and they do great work. And I'm so proud of the relationship we've had with them for all these years. I first met Emmons about six, seven years ago when I needed a new roof on the house we used to live in. I got a lifetime warranty on that roof. They did a great job. I was so impressed. I said, all right, let's replace the windows. And that led to doing the doors. And then they remodeled our kitchen and remodeled our bathroom. And they did a beautiful job. You can see the remodeling projects by going to EmmonsRemodeling.com or you can check out their design showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Either way, no matter what project you use them for, you'll be satisfied. They serve Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Jersey Shore. If you have a shore house, please get that roof inspected before the winter really gets going because winter problems lead to more expensive problems when the warm weather comes back. Emmons will give you a free inspection of the roof, a free estimate on all the work that they do, backed up by a wonderful guarantee, good people who get the job done right, get it done on time, clean up when they're done, and get the job done on budget as well. That's Emmons. So trust the company that I trust, EmmonsRoofing.com, EmmonsRoofing.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. How is it that Harvard's president has been able to withstand the scrutiny of her academic work, especially in light of what she's permitted on college campuses? Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. There's breaking news all over the place. We are watching to see if the Supreme Court's going to make any uh, words about Colorado. If that happens, we will, of course, bring it to you live. Uh, Welcome back. Glad you're here. Don't forget, 6 o'clock tonight, I'll be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. I want to welcome to the show Dr. Carol Swain. Dr. Swain is a political scientist, legal scholar, and author of The Adversity of Diversity. Uh, Dr. Swain, thanks for joining me here in Philadelphia. I appreciate it. Thank you. You wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal, and I have it open here, and it says, Claudine Gay in my scholarship. Claudine Gay, of course, is the president of Harvard. You wrote, she failed to credit me for sections of my book, Black Faces, Black Interests. So what happened? Well, I mean, by now the whole world knows, at least the whole, I hope the whole world knows that Claudine Gay has been exposed as a serial plagiarizer. And in the case of my work, there was one paragraph from my prize-winning book, Black Faces, Black Interests, and there was another, uh, a few sentences from an article that I published in 1997. But as outlined in the article, 
I believe that her injuries to me extended far beyond that because I wrote the seminal work in the area where she did her research on minority representation in Congress. Her uh, dissertation and her early work focused on those themes that came directly from research. The questions that she pursued, I would argue, were derivative of my work and that having a citation in an article but without acknowledging work that was considered path-breaking, uh, I felt that that was at least intellectually dishonest. So there's a plagiarism uh, a claim that I have along with some other people, and there's one where I would argue that she has been intellectually dishonest and that her work is derivative of my work and that there are many, many places where I should have been cited. And citations matter in academia. If someone is doing work in a particular area and they're not being adequately uh, cited, it affects their statue in the profession because they can't citations. How does it make you feel personally? I mean, just you work very hard. You, you create this intellectual work. You you spend a lot of time on it, and then somebody just lifts it from you and takes it as their own. I mean, how does that feel personally? I had mixed feelings about it because I remember hearing about Claudine Gay and that she was a superstar, and you know she was uh, this outstanding scholar. But I never followed her work, so I did not know how closely her dissertation and her her publications paralleled the things that I was writing. So I was stunned when I learned about it on the 10th, and I tried not to rush to judgment. In fact, I joked on Twitter that imitation is the highest form of flattery and that if she was guilty of plagiarizing my work, that her committee should be held responsible as well as reviewers and other people who would have read her work because my work was considered path-breaking. Everyone knew about my work. And then Monday morning, I looked at the articles her early articles, and I started reading the articles, and then I became quite upset because I didn't see where she had uh, adequately cited me. I saw a citation in the bibliography, but if somebody writes path-breaking work that you are either building on or trying to refute or, or trying to expand, I mean, that's expected as part of how you do research, and so I didn't see that. So I was upset on Monday, but I was deeply sad. I was sad for myself because I felt like I had been cheated and robbed. And I felt like uh, Claudine Gay would get fired. And I just felt sad for her and I felt sad for me. Well, Tuesday, the Harvard uh, Corporation announces that she has not plagiarized or, or she's going to fix uh, some of the sections of the plagiarism and that they're going to stand behind her. And then I was livid. I was seething. It took me two or three days to calm down because it was so wrong. It was so wrong. And then when I saw other scholars, many of them at Harvard and at other elite institutions that she had plagiarized from say that it was okay. No, it's not okay. I think about if someone kills a family member of yours and you might uh, tell the person, I forgive you, it's okay, but it's not going to be okay with the law. The person who commits the murder is going to have to still stay in trial for the murder. The family can't absorb them of that kind of guilt. But in the case of the plagiarism, 
the scholars who were plagiarized, many of them said that it was okay with them. You know, as I'm, as I'm listening to this, and, and first of all, Dr. Swain, I, I, I feel terrible for you that you were subjected to this by uh, the embattled Harvard president, Claudine Gay, who's now, there's more more allegations now of plagiarism coming out. I think we're at over 40 at this point. Yeah. What, how come, I mean, how has she been able to keep her job? Not only was her testimony before Congress, as you point out, disastrous, but now that all these plagiarism charges are out there and we know that she's done it and we know that that uh, that she has stolen intellectual property of people like yourself, how is she keeping her job? Well, I mean, that's part of the problem. And it's something that I allude to in my Wall Street Journal article is that she is a product of the elite system. She attended uh, uh, Phillips Exeter Academy the most elite boarding school in America, according to their definition. If they're not the most, they're the second uh, most elite boarding school. And then she had her undergraduate degree from Stanford, where her senior thesis won a prize in economics. And her dissertation that we know was plagiarized, it won a prize too. So she's a product of Stanford, Harvard. She spent some time at Princeton. Uh, the most elite institutions in America. And so they can't hold her accountable without holding themselves accountable. And that combination of race, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the fact that they are themselves guilty of creating the system that allowed her to skate by, I think that's why they have not dealt with the problem that Claudine Gay poses. And when it comes to Claudine Gay, If I were Claudine Gay and I had found myself in that unfortunate situation because I made a series of unfortunate mistakes, I would resign because I would not want to hurt the people who had confidence in me. I would not want to hurt the institutions that trusted me. And the longer she holds on, the more damage she does to Harvard University, to Stanford, and even those people at Phillips Exeter Academy who trained her, I guess they trained her how to cite. I mean, everyone's implicated. Yeah, and you're so right about that. And I think what you wrote in the Wall Street Journal, and I really love this. I mean, Harvard can't condemn Ms. Gay because she is the product of an elite system that holds minorities of high pedigree to a lower standard. This harms academia as a whole, and it demeans Americans of all races who had to work for everything they earned. You had to work for everything you earned. You you had to work that way to get there. And then for somebody to come along and steal your 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 thoughts and your hard work and your research, um, it's infuriating. Well, here's the thing, too, is that I come from the lower classes. I would call myself a mutt, and she would be more of a purebred. Uh, she comes from the elite system, and it's always been harder for people like me And you look at uh, Dr. Roland Fryer at Harvard, the brilliant economist that happens to be black, that Dr. Gay was part of the uh, people who stripped him of his lab, stripped him of his research, not because he was a conservative, but he came, you know, pretty much from uh, the ghetto and he was, but he was brilliant and he was producing research that challenged the leftist narrative not because he just wanted to challenge the leftist narrative. He just tried. He came up with measurements of a lot of the things that they contend, and he was able to expose that they were false. 
even this narrative that so many black people are being killed by white cops. And and so there were various things about Roland Fryer's research that didn't sit well with the elites, and they pretty much destroyed his career. He came from the wrong side of the tracks. And I've seen all of my life and all of my career in academia that the blacks who have gotten the greatest awards, the ones who are more likely to get admitted to the Ivy League and to prestigious institutions, are those that are middle class or upper class, and they may be polished, but they're not necessarily uh, the brightest light bulbs in the toolbox or whatever that expression is. You know, I think you're one of the most courageous speakers out there, and I, I really appreciate what you've said about DEI programs and other things that, that are, are harming people, uh, dividing us, causing people to be uncomfortable working around each other. I'm glad you've, you've, you've talked about these things, the adversity of diversity and, and trying to bring healing to and unity to an issue that has divided Americans for far too long. Your voice is incredibly important, Dr. Swain. Well, I can tell you that I'm not enjoying being a part of this conversation, but I guess I have a lot of pent-up frustration because I have been, sort of been a victim of, of the system and I'm not at a university now and it had to do with my belief with my um, ideas something I wrote and it seems like if you are creative and you have ideas that run contrary to the leftist narrative they do what they can to try to destroy you yep. and uh, I you know so I am sad uh, about my situation and I'm angry and I don't like to get angry, but I'm angry about how people like Claudine Gay are rewarded and lifted up far beyond where they should go by people like the progressives at Harvard. And I think that there's racism uh, at, at, uh, involved in the sense that if they defend her, and part of it is because she's black, because a white man or a white female would have been fired a long time ago, then it implies that racial and ethnic minorities, even those with world-class educations, can't compete. They can't meet the standards. Yet there have been millions of blacks that came through, some before the uh, Civil Rights Act and plenty after the Civil Rights Act. All they wanted was equal opportunity. Let me get my foot in the door so I can prove myself. And it diminishes and distracts from the accomplishments of people who met the standards when you argue that it's okay for a black person to plagiarize and we're going to stand behind her. In fact, we are Harvard. We're going to redefine what plagiarism is so that we can keep our first ever black president. <laughs> it's, in, it's infuriating. It really is infuriating. I, I, I would suggest you follow Dr. Swain on Twitter at Carol M. Swain. I got to ask you about a tweet you sent out a few hours ago. Here's the mugshot of the man who fundamentally changed America using tactics from the Marxist playbook. Marxists have perfected the art of elevating certain minorities to help them do their dirty work. And it's a picture of Barack Obama. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, and I could uh, I could substitute a whole lot of other minorities that are getting uh, uh, attention now uh, because they are doing things that white people couldn't get away with. But if they are are advancing the Marxist goals, they will make space for them. And they are able to do things that I would say that other people couldn't get away with. 
Yeah, I think that uh, these Marxist tactics need to be called out. And and unfortunately, I think the, the entire thing we're seeing with DEI on college campuses is playing right into that. You know, there's the oppressors and the oppressed and everybody's a victim. And um, the only way to tear it down is to is to destroy the Constitution, which you love so much and start over and let there be mob rule. And I really believe that that's where we are heading because of the indoctrination that occurs in so many of these college campuses. That's what some people would like, and there are people that clearly would love to destroy America. And in many ways, they have taken America down so many notches. And so that's where we are. And I believe that Barack Obama's presidency was a significant turning point for America. And because of, you know, his vision for fundamentally changing America, he seems to have accomplished that because... I scarcely recognize this country. I don't know if it can be restored. And as a person of faith, I believe that the only miracle that could help America would be a national spiritual revival where enough people were moved by God that they actually uh, turned away from the trend and turned back towards a society where there's a healthy fear of God and the hereafter. It's been an honor having you on the show today. I really appreciate your time. Dr. Carol Swain, political scientist, legal scholar, lover of the Constitution, and author of The Adversity of Diversity. Thank you, my friend. Merry Christmas. Same to you. Bye. Bye. It's the 5 o'clock happy hour. Happy hour. Brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May. Save 15% on midweek stays, Sunday through Thursday. Now till December 31st. Just mention the promo code Zioli at GrandHotelCapeMay.com. Listen, Omaha Steaks has got you covered. I'm not going to break here, but I want to tell you about Omaha Steaks because you're running out of time to order for everybody on your list. Uh, You need to do it now. They have a 50% off site-wide sale going on at omahasteaks.com. Here's the best part. When you use my name, Zioli, at checkout, get an extra $30 off your order. That's right. Think of the people on your list, your clients, your friends, your boss, customers, whoever, right? Think of the beautiful assortments that are available at omahasteaks.com. They have carefully curated packages for you. You can make your own. You can do surf and turf combinations. You can do meat lovers combinations. You can do easy to prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. You could send somebody a holiday dinner, Christmas dinner right there at omahasteaks.com. They make it so easy. And this is the real deal. This is quality food from America's heartland, five generations of American quality backed by the original butcher in America, Omaha Steaks. It's family owned, family operated, and you will get the absolute highest backed by the best guarantee in the business and steaks that are aged 28 days because that brings out the steak magic, baby. That's what you need. 28 days to age a steak. And that's what they do at Omaha Steaks. So go there right now. You're running out of time. They can even gift wrap the cooler for you. It'll arrive on somebody's doorstep and make them incredibly happy. OmahaSteaks.com at checkout. Put in my name, Zeoli, Z-E-O-L-I. Save $30 off your order. Do it today. You're out of time. Let's do this, okay? OmahaSteaks.com, promo code Zeoli. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. What was that? I didn't want to play a, a, a Zioli sounder two times in a row, so I oh. decided to get festive. That was and that was that was that was festive. What was that exactly? That was uh, when Ralphie gets kicked down the slide in a, in a Christmas <laughs> oh. story. Very nice. Well done. Well done, Henry. 
We did not coordinate that, but well done. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, she was fantastic, Matt DeSantis. You've earned your keep for one more week. Yes, I have well a done. job going into 2024. Look at you. Look at you, huh? <laughs> she was very good. The op-ed yeah, she, she wrote great. for the Wall Street Journal is excellent as well, if anyone wants to check that out. <clears throat> we should post a link to it. Yeah, I think we're going to tweet that out as well. We might have to have Dr. Swain on the show uh, more. I would love to have her on regularly. Yeah, she's great. Let's see. Uh, we have another word salad served by Kamala Harris, the uh, vice president of the United States of America. She was on with crazy Lawrence O'Donnell last night. Uh, this is what she said. I have been fortunate and blessed to, during the course of being vice president, have many situations where it becomes clear to me that there are, you know, people of every age and, and gender, by the way, who see something about being the first that lets them know they don't need to be um, limited by other people's limited um, understanding of who can do what. What the, what what did she just say right there? What was that? I don't know. I kept thinking she was going to dig her way uh, out of that hole, and it just got progressively worse. Yeah, I, I really I really think that uh, she might be stoned. <laughs> I, I mean, she made a comment about being Jamaican at one point. Remember, she was on the Charlemagne the God show? Yeah. And she made a comment about being Jamaican and, and doing weed. I Every time I hear her, I think she just did edibles. <laughs> every time. Now, I don't know if this is the same clip, but this is her talking about the election. And it's a very short where she says, this is the most election of our lifetime. I think it might be at the end of what you just played. I'm not quite sure, but I just sent you something. Take a look at that. Oh, okay. and see if she says it in that. All right, give me one second. Yeah, because I think I think that. Uh, and, then, and again, I'll remind you, this is the problem with Joe Biden. The problem with Joe Biden is they want to get rid of him, but if they get rid of him, they are stuck with Kamala Harris, and that's a real problem for them because they know that she's even more unpopular and a bigger dope than Joe Biden is, if you can imagine that. So they are stuck. They are really in a in a bind here. And because, as Dr. Swain said, for the left, it's all about diversity. It's all about diversity for them. If they just remove Kamala Harris and put in, say, like white dude Gavin Newsom or, you know, white dude King Philip the Unaccountable, his royal rugness, then you're going to have a lot of the left very, very upset. Um, And that's what's going to happen. And so they're kind of stuck now with this this doddering word salad tosser. Word salad tosser. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Make sure you have the correct emphasis on those. <laughs> I said word salad tosser. It was very unclear. I did, what? It's, what's unclear about it? I don't understand. I, what? You're putting, you're Stop, putting the you emphasis toss a on salad the and she Stop does it with it. words. What? <laughs> you're putting I don't the emphasis. Well, I'm missing some, something. I'm missing. I don't know what I'm. Word salad tosser. Why are you saying it Because now? he's putting the emphasis on the wrong word. I don't think That's it matters not, what not. emphasis, uh, what word's emphasized. It just sounds wrong, and we shouldn't be saying it. <laughs> all right, listen, the Stasi over there, DeSantis, he doesn't like it, all right? I'm the one that's going to get the email. Good. I hope you do. You deserve it. it. I don't want the email. Uh, how's that clip? How's it sound? Uh, I actually didn't listen to it. I just have it queued up. We can all experience it for the first time together. All right, let's experience the joys of Kamala Harris's <laughs> word salad tossing. Go ahead. Stop. You know, every election cycle, we talk about this is the most election of our lifetime. Lawrence, this one is. This one is. We are literally talking about people This is the most election of our lifetime. To divide our country in the most crude frankly 
I really, I really way. think that she just we wants to hand over a joint, let him no, take a hit. That that clip right there, she's definitely high. No doubt, right? No, no doubt. That of all the clips I've ever heard us play on the show, she is the most stoned in that one. Let's hear it again from the top. Go ahead. All right, enjoy. Every election cycle, we talk about this is the most election of our lifetime. Lawrence, this one is. This one is. <laughs> hey, man, this is the most election of our lifetime, man. Yo, man, Dave's not here. It's like watching a Cheech and Chong movie, I swear. By the way, there was a recent poll which indicated that Kamala Harris is now slightly more popular than Joe Biden. And I saw some people like bragging about this fact, some Kamala Harris, uh, Harris supporters bragging about this fact on social media. But if you actually look at the poll, his <laughs> approval rating is 34 percent and hers is 35 percent. Like, what are you bragging about? <laughs> <laughs> That's statistically a tie. I, I, I'm sure it's within the margin of error. Yeah. yeah. And also 35 percent is horrible. Right, exactly. It's nothing to brag about. No, oh, he's at 35, not. you're at 36. Whoa! <laughs> you got this. You got this. Here's uh, Donald Trump pointing something out about Joe Biden as we are in the midst of the Christmas season. Hard to believe Christmas is five days away. Uh, cut 19. When Joe Biden lit the national Christmas tree earlier this month, he completely failed to even mention the birth of Jesus Christ, which is hard to do if you're celebrating Christmas, right? He didn't mention Jesus Christ in his remarks. Not for three years he hasn't mentioned that and barely mentioned God. When I was president, we brought back the beautiful phrase, Merry Christmas, and I said I'd do that. I'm very proud of that, actually, because as I said at the beginning, that was really under siege. And when I lit the Christmas tree each year, it was my honor to publicly celebrate the true source of uh, Christmas joy, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, you know, it's a thing. There are a lot of uh, people that celebrate Christmas and in this country, and, you know, that's what it's supposed to be about. Uh, one more clip before I take a quick break here. This is, uh, let's see here, John Fetterperson, again, saying something that uh, hard to recognize. Uh, John Fetterman blaming TikTok for young voters breaking with Biden on Israel and Hamas. Cut 17. 72% of young voters, according to this new poll, disapprove of how President Biden is handling the Israel-Hamas war. You've been very vocal in your full support for Israel. I see the Israeli flag behind you in your office there. You've been very clearly arguing that Hamas bears responsibility for the tragedy of what's going on in Gaza. Why do you think so many younger people, especially in your party, see it differently? I, I, really, I, really, don't, I really don't know. Uh, I, I do know that a lot of people are getting their perspective from TikTok. And I think if you're kind of getting your perspective on the world on TikTok, it's going to tend to be kind of warped or not reflective of the, the history and, and actually the way things absolutely are. And what is very clear is, is that Hamas started this and they actually broke the, the ceasefire and they attacked uh, and murdered uh, babies, children, women, uh, attacked a, a music uh, a concert and everything. It's, it's, it's outrageous. And from, from now on, um, it's been very clear that, that Israel would very much want there to be peace. But they've made it very clear that after October 7th, that that's just not possible so long as Hamas is allowed to uh, exist. 
There you go. Uh, all right, we got a lot more to say. I got more John Fetter person for you coming up. More thoughts on Colorado, and at six o'clock, I'll be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Uh, but listen, I want to let you know before I go about my buddy Tom Skopinich. He is a great guy, great friend of the show, and uh, he's going to fight for you if you are injured in an accident. He's the guy you need in your corner. Trust me on this. I had a buddy of mine who was injured in an accident recently, and he reached out to Tom, and within an hour, Tom was already on the case for him, making sure that my buddy's going to get what he deserves. Because if you're hurt in an accident, you want somebody who's going to maximize your recovery. And that's what Tom Skopinich does, and he does it better than anybody. And he's been doing it for 25 years on both sides of the river. He's licensed in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. All you got to do is go to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. He will fight for you and he has the inside knowledge on how the insurance companies operate. So let him put that inside knowledge to work for you. That's what Tom Skopinich does every single day. He is the best. I'm telling you, he's, he's a great guy. He's going to fight like hell for you. Go to the mattresses for you and make sure you get what you deserve, which is your maximum recovery if you're injured in an accident. So please don't wait. Do it today. Go to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. Trust the guy that I'm telling you is going to make sure you get what you deserve if you're injured in an accident. That's the law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich, scopelawyer.com. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, as we continue along here on a Wednesday night, thanks for being here tonight, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. At 6 o'clock, I'll be filling in again for the great one, Mark Levin. It was a lot of fun last night. Obviously, the breaking news of Colorado and the Supreme Court's decision there, which I've spent a lot of time on today, and I'll be talking about it more tonight, obviously. I just think it's hysterical that you have all these people on the left obviously cheering this on, you know, cheering on the fact that unelected judges are trying to deprive somebody, uh, deprive American citizens of their right to vote for the candidate of their choice. They're trying to deprive American citizens of their right to vote for the candidate of their choice. Last night at MSNBC, here's Rachel Maddow, basically saying now, having a healthy democracy means disqualifying people with an anti-democratic track record. Take a listen to this. A healthy democracy, nevertheless, having some sort of disqualifying process, an adjudicated process by which some people and some parties even are prohibited from participating in democratic competition because their point, because what they've shown, because their track record or their platform is anti-democratic in nature. That's a thing. That happens all over the world. It happens in our own history. That's how we got the third section three of the 14th Amendment. As I said, it happened in, in post-war Germany. One of the things that I've been researching recently is that these there were, there were you know post-war German political parties that wanted to bring Nazism or a version of that back. And the Germans set up a judicial system under allied supervision. So this is just like that. It was like the Nazis coming back to power. You see how stupid this is? What, what a dumb equation this is? This is just like the Nazis trying to come back in power in Germany. Just like that. The same thing. So if you want a democracy, it means you have to act as undemocratic as possible and ban the Republican frontrunner from being on the ballot because Nazis. Because Nazis. You just, the, you just throw the N-word out there. Everything comes back to Hitler. You notice that? Everything comes back to Hitler and the Nazis with these people. They cannot help themselves. It's, it's a sickness. How about the fact that a healthy democracy enables the people to be able to vote for the candidate of their choice, whether you approve or not? 
Because last time I checked, he's not Hitler as much as you people want him to be. That assessed whether or not they were anti-democratic parties. And if they were, they were disqualified. And it happened over and over and over again. It happened very recently in, in Brazil in terms of disqualifying Jair Bolsonaro from running again for a period of time. This is a thing that happens in healthy democracies. In a, in, in, in it, it isn't just that you're disqualified because somebody doesn't like you and your political opponents say so. It is an adjudicated fair process. How is this adjudicated and fair? Trump has had no due process. He hasn't been charged with any of the crimes that the Colorado Supreme Court has found him guilty of. And we're not even looking at the text of the third part of the 14th Amendment, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. So how is this a fair process? How is there is there is there anything about this that's fair? But the left is so, oh, they're so happy today. They are so happy celebrating everywhere, celebrating this. They're just thrilled. They are so happy. But... Even though the networks and the corporate media are hyping all this, as you can imagine, with their breathless breathlessness, this is actually the best thing that could happen for Trump in the Republican primary. I mean, this solidifies him as the front runner. This solidifies his nomination. Every other candidate last night was disappointed by this because they know it's not going to stand. And Trump is now solidified as the front runner, without question. But here's the, the network's um, breathlessly, breathless last night. It is a significant and historic ruling. It's an explosive moment in the 2024 presidential campaign. So this is a stunning decision here from the Colorado Supreme Court. Stunning. Stunning and historic. They're all very, very, uh, you know, happy with themselves. They all feel really good about things. Uh, it's just, it's just really, truly amazing to me that we are here. But, it, But it's... Well, I'll put it to you this way, right? The question of what happens now for all the other Republican candidates who are all trying desperately now to get attention in the wake of this. So you have Vivek Ramaswamy who came out and said, I will take my name off the ballot. And now the Colorado GOP is going to move. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members, people who switched to the Confederacy, from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least. This is a hollowed-out husk of what the country was built on. The basic principle that we, the people, select our leadership, not the unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old-world Europe, not the United States. That's why I'm making a pledge today that... I will withdraw, I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing, or else these Republicans are simply complicit in this unconstitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. I refuse to be complicit in that. I think what they're doing is wrong. And I think it's up to Republicans to step up and stand up with the. Well, he's right about that. And by the way, the, the chairman of the Colorado Supreme uh, uh, Republican Party uh, came on a show and said, basically, the court can go F itself. And he said that uh, this is absolutely election interference. I'll read you what he said yesterday. He said, Secretary of State, uh, the, 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 well, actually, the, the Secretary of State of Colorado, Chuck Gray, issued the following statement condemning the outrageously wrong Colorado Supreme Court ruling made by radical leftists in black robes. He said, Secretary of State Chuck Gray has issued the following statement regarding today's Colorado Supreme Court ruling. I am appalled by this outrageous, un-American ruling made by radical leftists in black robes. It is a sad day in the history of our republic. 
I've continuously been working to make sure President Trump will be able to be on the ballot. We must stop the radical left's unconstitutional attempts to weaponize the 14th Amendment against President Trump and the American people. This is why I led an amicus brief filed with two other secretaries seeking to fight against these radical attacks on the electoral process. The radical left wing... The radical left-wing media has attacked me for defending the truth, but I will continue to fight against this effort in order to protect the integrity of our elections to ensure that the people of Wyoming can choose who to elect for themselves. Okay, this is the Wyoming Secretary of State. I thought of Colorado. My bad. Wyoming. But still, good for him for coming out and speaking. So now the, the chairman went on CNN and said that the state's party will move to a caucus system with the courts trying to keep Trump off the ballot. That's what he said. Yeah, one second here. Let's, uh, and that's good because it, that's exactly what should happen. And they also have here in the CNN report some reaction from some of the candidates here. Let's take a listen. Christie's bottom line is this. The court shouldn't do what it's doing now. I do not believe Donald Trump should be prevented from being president of the United States by any court. I think he should be prevented from being president of the United States by the voters of this country. I think this is probably premature and jumping ahead of it. And I think it would cause a lot of anger in this country if people had the choice taken away from them. And joining me now is Colorado's Republican Party Chairman, Dave Williams. Uh, Mr. Williams, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, the Colorado Party's GOP uh, Twitter account tweeted this. We will never surrender. Please help us keep Trump on the ballot and fight this election interference. Can you tell us exactly what you mean by, quote, we will never surrender? Yeah, absolutely. We think this is an absurd ruling and we're going to do whatever we can to protect the rights of voters in Colorado and frankly across the nation to choose Donald Trump if they so choose. We're going to appeal this to the United States Supreme Court. We're a party to the case and we're not going to take this lying down. And if need be, we're going to withdraw from the primary and go to a strict uh, caucus process that would allow our voters to choose Donald Trump if they want. So the Supreme Court ultimately will have the final word on on this, not just in Colorado, but probably for other states as well. If they side against the former president, would you consider that to be election interference? Absolutely. This is this is un-American of what's going on. I don't care if it's a Republican majority Supreme Court in the United States or if it's a Democrat majority here in Colorado. We don't feel that this is the right thing to do. If we truly care about one man, one vote in protecting our right to choose those who we want to represent us in government, then Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy and some of your other guests on the last segment are right. Let the people decide. Don't take away our vote. You're exactly right, Mr. Chairman. Well said. That's the chairman of the Colorado Republican Party. He's exactly right about that fact. So they are going to withdraw from the primary as a party and convert to a pure caucus system if the ruling is allowed to stand. So good. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad they're pushing back on this. You have to push back on this. And the reason why Chris Christie and all the other candidates they are upset is because this is just an enormous amount of attention for, for Trump. I mean, an enormous amount of attention for Donald Trump, right? I mean, is it not? It's just everything that helps play right into his hands. It does. It plays right into his hands. However, though, what's fascinating, though, is that the Biden people are now trying to spin this as if this helps Biden. You know, that this this in some ways helps Biden because it plays into Biden's message. You believe that? That's actually what they're trying to say right now, that this plays right into Biden. First of all, Biden has no message. It's number one. Number two, the only message that they have, they have, is that Trump is a threat to democracy. But guess what? And this is the key point here. 
Uh, nobody believes this. When you ask voters, they a don't moment, believe but- this. They don't believe it. They, they, they see right through it. But here is Jim Messina from Biden's campaign saying this helps Biden's message. Take a listen. On the long term, this plays exactly into the Biden campaign narrative. And what they're going to say is just look at the past month. I mean, he admitted he would be a dictator this weekend. He talked about immigrants poisoning the blood of the of, of the country. Now he's being thrown off the ballots because of his insurrection. Do you really want to go back to this? Is this really what we as a country want to go back to? And, you know, elections are about choices. And this kind of, of moment, it drives a narrative that is very important politically. Politically, as a guy who used to run presidential campaigns, I can tell you there are moments that voters sort of wake up and say, huh, should I rethink myself here on this ballot question? And I think that Donald Trump is continuing to give voters those moments as they start to pay attention in the new year. And this court ruling is just another way for voters to start to wake up and say, do we really want to go back to this craziness? You know what? Yes, we do. We want to go back to that craziness because the economy was better. America was secure and the world was not on fire. They have no message. They have no message. They have no economic message whatsoever. They have no message. So yeah, I think a lot of people like to do, they, they would take the craziness over this craziness. It's just another form of crazy, is it not? The craziness of what we're watching at the southern border where you've, you've, you've abandoned the border. You've surrendered the, the southern border of the United States of America to illegal immigrants. You've surrendered it. It's over. America is wide open now. You don't think that's crazy? You don't think the inflation we've been dealing with now where you get 8% interest rates and people can't afford homes? You don't think that's crazy? You, you don't think it's crazy that people are now wondering if they're going to be able to buy their kids Christmas presents or the crime problem in American cities, the fentanyl crisis? You don't think those things are crazy under Joe Biden? The never-ending war in Ukraine, which we've already invested, what, $120 billion dollars? with no end in sight. The fact that that this administration is telling Israel to tie its hands behind its back while the terrorist group Hamas is not willing to negotiate for terror, for uh, hostages and is committed to wiping Israel off the planet. I mean, you, you don't think that's crazy? You don't think people see that the way China's eating our lunch, the way China is trying to take over America little by little? You don't think that's crazy? Of course it's crazy. It's all crazy. So I think when you ask people would they rather have mean tweets or this version of crazy that we're happening under that's happening under Joe Biden, I think they'll take mean tweets. That's the reality. And I know I know that these people can't can't fathom that. I know they can't grasp that. But that is the truth right there. That is the truth. Uh, I'll tell you something else too. As I'm looking at everything, John Fetterperson, John Fetterperson, who is this guy? Who is this guy? I'm just trying to understand a, a lot about what John Fetterman's been saying lately. But, I mean, he's, he's even talking about the border. John Fetterperson talking about the border and, and sounding a lot like a Republican in his interview with Jake Tapper last night. Take a listen to this. Possible so long as Hamas is allowed to uh, exist. On immigration, uh, which is a big uh, issue going on in the Senate right now, you recently said, quote, I hope Democrats can understand that it isn't xenophobic to be concerned about the border, unquote. And even though you did run for lieutenant governor and senator, uh, as a progressive, you're now rejecting that label. What would you call yourself? Uh, I would just call myself a, a Democrat, and I believe that I'm on the right side of issues, whether that's being very pro-choice, maybe that I believe that is being pro-union, and if I believe that's for pro-Israel uh, on that as well, too. Uh, there's absolutely uh, different kinds of opinions in, in the Democratic Party. 
And, and I've always been very clear that I'm going to stand on the right side of what I believe it is. And I've been very upfront on others as well, too. And, and I really have been able to find anybody that can say there's not any kind of an issue right now on the border that has around 270,000 people being encountered on the border just in one month. And to put that in perspective, as I've said before, that's the side of Pittsburgh. And if roughly the, the size of Pittsburgh is showing up in the border, um, if that's what you, you need to say, that's fine, that's not really an issue uh, as a progressive, then I guess that that's why I wouldn't be a progressive. But I have remained in. Now, think about what John Fetterperson is saying right here. He's saying that there's a crisis at the border. And as a Democrat, he should be allowed to speak out about it. No, he's not wrong. There is a crisis at the border, and as a Democrat, he should be allowed to speak out on it. There was a time Democrats did. But the Democrat Party has, you want to talk about crazy, has become so freaking nuts that the mainstream position in the Democrat Party is an open border. And that you're an outlier, and you have to take time out of your day to come out and say that border should be secured. You're an outlier if you believe in a secure border. If you don't like the immigration crisis, the surrender of the southern border of the United States of America, then you are an outlier in the Democrat Party. This is a party where candidates once talked about building a wall. This is a party where candidates once talked about deporting people who were here illegally. And now this party, the mainstream thinking in the Democrat Party is what's happening at the southern border is absolutely fine. And if you come out and say it's not, you're going to get attacked and criticized by the corporate media and by your own party. This is a very, very scary time in America. So you're telling me that's not crazy? You think people want to keep this version of crazy versus the other version of crazy that you laid out? Crazy mean tweets or crazy wide open surrendered southern border? Let's keep going with this. And it will always be very, very uh, pro-immigration, perhaps as much as anybody in there. Before you go, sir, uh, it's uh, it's been nice talking to you. How is your health? Obviously, all right. That's all we have. His health is fine. Uh, so you know, you could be pro-immigration and also want a secure border, and that's what Fetter person is saying. It's just, it's just, it's it's it really is absolutely amazing though that you have to come out of your take time out of your day and you have to say these things because if you don't say these things, then you are lumped in with them, and everybody assumes that you agree with this. You want an open border. And people don't. This is very unpopular. What's happening in the country right now is incredibly unpopular. I shared that article article with you yesterday about Mexicans are excited for Trump's return. Mexican-Americans in El Paso, Texas, excited for the return of Donald Trump as president of the United States of America. Excited for that. Should tell you everything you need to know. Everything. Meanwhile, you have these idiot Democrats like Jamie Raskin celebrating, celebrating the fact that Donald Trump will not be allowed on the ballot in Colorado if this decision stands, which I don't think it's going to stand. But here's that knucklehead yesterday, longtime conspiracy theorist, election denier, a guy who tried to stop the certification of Donald Trump in 2017, mind you, led the effort to try to stop the certification of Donald Trump at the Electoral College in 2017. This was him celebrating last night at MSNBC. This is just a question of law. It's like if a 14-year-old tried to run for president, would that person be kept off of uh, the ballot because the Constitution says you have to be 35 years old to run for president? And this disqualification clause says you cannot be on the ballot for president or you cannot serve as president if you have participated in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. And so I would think that regardless of what your politics are, what your party is, 
everybody should agree that this is a question of law that's got to be settled by the courts. No, what's the this is just a question what's of the, what's the difference between what he's talking about and what and what Colorado said? It's very simple. You can prove an age. You can prove an age, although if you bring up bringing up a birth certificate or anything like that, people will scream that you're a conspiracy theorist and they'll, and they'll, and they'll scream at you. If you if, if, if people said, I, I question your where you were born or I question your age, we want to see documentation on that. You'll be called a racist and everything else. You can't do that. But but those things are provable. How do you prove insurrection? See, and this is the problem. This is why the Democrats and the Colorado Supreme Court are out of their freaking mind. Nobody's proven that Donald Trump has committed insurrection or that Donald Trump helped aid, give aid and comfort to those who committed an insurrection. So how do you prove this? How do you prove it? This is one dissent from the Colorado Supreme Court. Dismissal is particularly appropriate here because the electors brought their challenge without a determination for proceeding, i.e. a prosecution for an insurrection related offense with more rigorous procedures to ensure adequate due process. Instead, the electors relied on Section 11113 and its breakneck pace to declare President Trump disqualified as an insurrectionist. There was no due process whatsoever. Donald Trump hasn't been charged with these crimes. He hasn't been found guilty of these crimes. So how do you just prove there was an insurrection and he's guilty of, of be, taking part in it? You just, you, just, you just let a state decide all by themselves. We don't have due process in this country anymore. We don't have the federal court system. We don't, we don't, we don't do these things anymore. It's just, it, it's, it, it is infuriating to me that we are at this place where we have decided to completely abandon civil liberties in this country, completely abandon due process. It is absolutely insane. All right, listen, I'm going to be taking over for the great one, Mark Levin, in just a few minutes, but I want to tell you about Cherry Hill Volvo, my great friends over there. This is an amazing, exciting time to get to Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill because they have already incredibly generous incentives for you and your family. But now they're adding even more because they're about to do a big renovation of their dealership. And to make way for all the construction equipment, they are offering amazing incentives. $1,000 off a new Volvo, plus owner loyalty. $2,000 off if you use Volvo car financing or Volvo lease. $7,500 rebate on a plug-in Volvo. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And the people at Cherry Hill Volvo are the absolute best. They will give you the luxury experience that you deserve at Cherry Hill Volvo. So what are you waiting for? Pop in today and see my friend Judith Krupnik, my friend Yosef Cohen, the entire team there dedicated to you. If you're looking for a certified pre-owned Volvo, they have those there as well. They're beautiful and like new without the new car price. And then there's a Care by Volvo lease program that I'm part of where every five months you get to try a different Volvo or you can keep the one you have or cancel the lease altogether. Plus, one low payment includes insurance, prepaid schedule maintenance, tire and wheel care, 15,000 miles annually, excessive wear coverage, and more. So you are going to love this program. And I know that after Christmas, when we drive up to see Bridget's family in the Adirondacks, we'll be taking the XC90 up there, the family car up the third row. We'll get up there nice and safe and sound because that car can handle anything. And it's beautiful and luxurious. And safety is the key. So go see Cherry Hovavo today. Remember, on top of the already generous incentives they have, they're doubling down. $1,000 off all new Vavos plus owner loyalty. $2,000 off if you use Vavo financing or Vavo lease. And $7,500 off a Vavo plug-in. You get a rebate with that. It's great. Cherry Hill Vavo, the region's most accessible Vavo dealership where relationships matter. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.